hear me? Yes, master. Where is Padme? Is she safe? Is she all right? It seems in your anger, you killed her. I... I couldn't. She was alive. I felt it. What's going on guys? My name is Aldenero and welcome to a very special edition of the Midnight Hour podcast where today myself and the Dream Team, possibly the best duo this side of Tatooine, are going to talk about the rise of Skywalker. We are an especially good duo because this duo comprises three people, which is one more than the average duo. Um, I guess we didn't really come up with much of a plan in terms of how we're going to sequence this conversation, but this movie has so many talking points that I think conversation will naturally flow as a result of it. Uh, I am joined today by Lusmore, the greatest smuggler in all of the galaxy, and Santiago, hello, a nobody junk trader who is actually one of the most important people in the world. I'm I'm also known as the third son of Tatooine. That's true. Yes, mm. I have heard him described as that. That is, yeah. uh, without doubt, a true fact. So, um, the Rise of Skywalker is the third installment in the trequels, uh, the J.J. Abrams universe uh, of the you know latest uh, Disney-fied Star Wars experience, and it was a very big movie and a lot of stuff happened and oh my god did a lot of stuff happen um i guess the best thing to do is just to ask what were your first impressions like the feeling that you had after you walked out of the theater or cinema um i guess we'll start with loose more because alphabetical yeah that makes sense um i didn't it's it's the first star wars movie that i went into um not with not that much expectation. I don't, mm. I don't think that's fair on the Last Jedi because there's moments in the Last Jedi which I really loved, but just in general, like maybe because there was a year off with no Star Wars and just because the hype surrounding this one wasn't as big as the Force Awakens of, of the Last Jedi or even Rogue One. But I just kind of went in like not as hyped and I didn't even see it until a week later. Like I went a whole week without seeing it. Yeah, I was surprised by that. Um, yeah, I, I think just because... I think that, that was because I, I kind of went in without sort of like... Uh, I mean, I knew I was going to see it, but there was no like rush to be like... Yeah. You know. Um, and coming out of it, uh, the the no rush was kind of uh, justified, really. I, it, it's mm. the first Star Wars movie that I came out with that I didn't really feel anything. I just... Yeah. It just came out of it like, ah, oh, huh? Okay. Whereas the last Jedi at least came out was like I don't know whether I liked that or whether I loved that and it would you know what I mean whereas this yeah. was like I don't think I mean it was a movie like and things happened but uh, yeah um, yeah I, I I would say 
it's fun. Yeah. And there's fun moments, and there's cool things between characters that we love in the Star Wars universe, but it's the it's the most messy Star Wars movie since yeah. the prequels, and I don't think that's a good thing, obviously. Um, what, did, what did you think, Santiago? Uh, well, okay. So anybody who listened to our Last Jedi uh, review, spoiler cast, whatever, um, will remember that I had very harsh feelings towards uh, The Last Jedi. Uh, I should I, just say, sorry to cut you off, there will be heavy spoilers the whole way through this podcast. So if you oh, didn't yeah. know that, stop mm. listening now. And also, if you haven't seen it yet, what the fuck are you doing with your life? It's 2020 already. Come on. Also, heavy yeah. spoilers for all of the Star Wars movies. Just in case like you the, movie's seen. Been yeah. out, the movie's been out since last year. There's really no <laughs> yeah. excuse. Yeah. yeah. Also, heavy spoilers for all future Star Wars movies. Yeah, we will be spoiling yeah. those too. Yeah. 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 Um, no, so I, I really disliked The Last Jedi, and not for a lot of the same reasons that you know everybody else did. Uh it, it wasn't to do with uh, a lot of the, the things that people online were complaining about or that I saw a lot of people, like the loudest detractors complaining about. It's, you didn't hate it because you're a racist or a sexist, eh? Yeah, yeah, that's essentially <laughs> what I'm saying. Yeah. No, I, I, just, I, I had a lot of problems with the writing uh, because we knew that this was going to be a three-act structure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Ryan Johnson... Uh, decided to disrupt that structure, but in doing so didn't leave a whole heck of a lot for the third installment to like work with. Mm-hmm. Cause I think one of the, one of the things that I came out of the, that review saying was that I just don't think that um, Kylo Ren was set up as a, as a strong enough villain um, in the films. Uh, and that was partially due also to Ryan Johnson's decision to, uh, have the last Jedi take place minutes or seconds after um, the Force Awakens, and that's like a first in Star Wars history. There's always been, mm-hmm. you know, like years in between Star Wars movies um, where we where we don't know exactly what happened, or we get like hints of it, uh, and some character development could have happened between the films to to justify the the placement of of kylo ren as the the main villain at the end and you know the whole thing with snoke and how he killed him and and it 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 could have been dealt with in a way that made that more believable but it ended up feeling kind of like cheap and not really like i didn't feel like there was much room to to like move forward after that movie because it kind of ended a lot of the 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 force awakens set up plot lines and then the last Jedi was like, no, we're gonna we're gonna disrupt those plot lines, and like it did, it did. Like people are absolutely right. The last Jedi did an excellent job of of uh, you know uh, doing the unexpected and disrupting a lot of those plot lines. But just because something disrupts uh, a system of of doing things doesn't mean that the result of that is good or useful. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you know when it comes to the last Jedi. That was the the issue. But then looking at Rise of Skywalker, um, having disliked The Last Jedi so much because of the, the writing uh, and some of the, the choices that were, were made uh, in regards to, to character and timing and all of that stuff that we just talked about, I'm amazed with how entertaining I found the movie. Mm-hmm. 
Rise of Skywalker, don't get me wrong, has a lot of problems with it as a film. I don't yeah. think it is a good film. Um, I think there's a lot of stupid stuff in it. However, most of the stupid stuff, I think, in Rise of Skywalker is at least like Star Wars stupid. Like, it's dumb, but it's Star Wars dumb. Yeah. You know, and and I found there was a lot more of like the heart and the hope of Star Wars uh, in in this particular movie. Um, whereas like uh, with Last Jedi, it it didn't really. And in, this might have been what Ryan Johnson was going for. I don't know. But like to me, The Last Jedi didn't really feel like a Star Wars film. Um, you know, like Empire is a very different film from A New Hope, but it still feels like it's you know, playing with the same universal kind of like rules and lore. And that, yeah. I didn't really get that in the second installment. So like when we're looking at like reasons why rise of Skywalker is the, the way it is. And we'll, we'll get into this later. I imagine, cause I, I have a lot to say on this particular point, but it's like, it is the sequel to the force awakens, not to the last Jedi. Yeah. And because absolutely. Ryan Johnson, you know, fucked with that three X structure, we got a third act in a movie that was both the second and third movie rolled into one. Like he had to build a second act into his third act, basically like it, like it, it's clumsy and broken, but it's clumsy and broken as a result of the second movie, taking some of the risks it did and not, you know, leaving a lot of room for those risks to, to end up being rewarding. Um, I mean, I, I kind of don't. I, I think JJ could have done a much better job if he tried to tying it to Last Jedi. I just think he wanted to then do his own movie. I think there is a there's a good movie in Rise of Skywalker if he used some of the things Ryan Johnson set up. Not to say that yeah. the things Ryan Johnson set up weren't great. Like he, some things were just kind of Ryan Johnson being like, none of this Star Wars stuff matters. I'm going to make my own film. But um, what does he? What does he not? What does JJ not use that would the idea? The, for, the idea that like the force is within yeah. the little boy at the end of the movie with the broom. Yeah. He just completely disregards the whole fact that. Well, yeah, the, the the idea that like your your significance in the universe is not tied to the fact that you're part of either the Skywalker family or the Palpatine family, and also was just n- the. Fa- I, like I don't. I just I'll, feel like JJ cannot help himself. He just has to be like. Yeah, it's just like the old one, but we copy pasted it and we changed a few. Like, yeah, we just everything has to. It, be it felt a lot like me walking out things. of um, uh, Wrath of Khan, the second Star Trek reboot movie, where I was just yeah. like, "This is exactly the same as the first Wrath of Khan," uh, and it just good. felt a bit like, "Oh, okay." Um, but everything's ramped up. Like the CGI obviously is better. Like the set pieces are better. The action is better. But that doesn't mean it's better to me. Like I just felt it just felt hollow and a yeah. bit like. I, right. I felt but, like, but we just hear me out for a second though. The, the you're you're talking about like the the kid with the broom and the idea that like not everyone is has to be you know like a Skywalker or, or you know in this case like a Palpatine um, to to be important in the in the universe. Um, I don't think that this film says that you have to be you know related to somebody important to be uh, you know. Uh, that that the whole the whole thing with the kid with the broom and that not being in this movie i think is more a product of the fact that in the second film they added a shitload of characters and ideas 
that did not progress any of the plot lines from the first movie if as much as i'll put it this way as much as rise of skywalker to me feels like it's a sequel to the force awakens uh the last jedi feels like it was like fuck the force awakens we're starting a new series in in to me in much the same way but kind of reversed if that makes sense right like it it, it disregards some of the the things that were done in or throws away some of the things that were done in uh the force awakens the same way that rise of skywalker does for for this but like there are so many like why is rose barely in this movie well rose is barely in this movie because like how many main characters do we have in 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 this stupid series now on top of you know having to deal with leia's plot line and luke's plot line and you know we already mentioned spoilers but like han solo appearing in the film uh we have yeah. like the three other protagonists who for, for the first time in the series share screen time in this movie which is yeah. ridiculous you know? i think i think the the worst thing the last jedi did was make finn irrelevant because yeah. i didn't care about him at all in the last jedi and even in this movie now he's back i'm just like i don't really care about you like the, the, the obviously they're making Finn, Poe, and and Ray, Luke, Han, and Leia, aren't they? That's essentially what they yeah. are. But there's the, I've, Finn is to me just completely useless. Like it, it, the, his it, his most interesting trait is the fact that he was a former stormtrooper who had and they don't even an use awakening that. to be like I don't want to do this anymore and. And they never really touch on that ever again, really, do they? Like, they never uh, even... This movie kind of alludes to the fact that the stormtroopers who fought back against their programming were Force-sensitive. Because that that is what Finn is trying to tell Rey the entire Yeah, but it doesn't do it in a good way, does it? But it does it in a terrible way. None of it is done in a good way. You're kind of left with, like, I guess that's what they're going for, but... But yeah, what, what I guess what I'm saying is that they're, they're dealing with so many plot threads and character threads that need to all culminate in, in the, at the end of this movie. They all need to come together that like it's completely unwieldy. Like this movie is not like I said, not a good movie, but it's not a good movie because The Force Awakens, you know, didn't do a fantastic job of setting up the universe because it was such a carbon copy of A New Hope. Yeah. And The Last yeah. Jedi like just added more bulk didn't answer questions from the the force awakens because you like even getting rid of snoke okay you got rid of snoke and he said he's, you said he's not important except for that clearly he was and people are gonna you know you need to answer some of those questions even if it is the way that uh, rise of skywalker did it like there, there's too much bulk they they, they they the the bigger problem with this series is that they didn't plan out a three-part arc beforehand yeah. You know, even in its roughest form, George Lucas knew what roughly Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi were sort of going to be about. In the first draft, the real bad guy of Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi was going to be Boba Fett. There was a lot of differences in the script, but he did have a sort of rough outline for which direction the story was going to go. Yeah, that, right? he, that he had crafted for years. That he had crafted like, for years. years. And then he gave that story to better writers, and better writers took years to write the script, you know, and then they got different directors and they and they made the films. But we were uh, talking think, about, like, do, three do films where the directors were still movie. writing. Sorry. Um, sorry, Sunday. I keep going. Oh, no, I was just going to say that there, this is three movies where the directors were still actively writing the script, which was not finished. 
not editing the script, but still actively writing the script that was not finished on set. Yeah. Yeah, and apparently the cut we saw of the movie isn't even the real cut anyway. That's like the latest they thing. They changed the ending. Out. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I don't like I will say about this movie that when I came out of the theater the first thing I thought was geez, that time went by really fast. Holy shit, that was a wild ride. Um, I, like, I really enjoyed it. It was very Star Wars-y. It hit all the nostalgic... Um... Don't think about it too much, because it actually doesn't yeah. make a lot of sense. Yeah. But, like, every single <laughs> fucking J.J. Abrams thing that exists, if you think about it for longer than 30 seconds, it falls apart and unravels. Like, I've always said about Lost, you can watch episode one of Lost, and then watch the last episode of Lost, and nothing that happens in the middle matters. Like, there is nothing that J.J. Abrams will not MacGuffin his way around to fucking... Yeah put a bunch of good set pieces together and it's great it's visually stunning like but he should stick to stuff like cloverfield where it's just a big monster comes down and destroys shit and that's all you have to look at and think about like he just like the, oh man yeah and he no, doesn't give too many so... answers in he, like, he, doesn't, he has like... a tendency to like over answer things yeah and that's like he said he set up all these things like oh ray is somebody um like all like all of that stuff but we all said the force awakens is just a rehash of a new hope it's played very safe but it will be interesting to see where it goes from here i like the way the last jedi tailored off in a completely different direction it kind of broke down the whole uh good versus evil force thing and, and um teased an idea of a new kind of balance in the force which i kind of like i really enjoyed it's yeah not like i do think the last the spectrum, jedi it's had murky its problems, but the ideas that they put in that movie of like not these things don't matter anymore if you know ray could join kylo at some point like and make a new thing like kid yeah, group yeah, yeah. kid at the end like i uh, it did, that, i think yeah i remember after the last jedi came out there was this tweet that went incredibly viral that said like oh wow the the crawl for the the ninth episode looks crazy um it's leaked from the studio and it was like it was the crawl like episode nine and then it says it was all a dream the furious knights of ren have constructed a new death star right that that is basically what happened like jj <laughs> yeah. abrams shit is so fucking predictable it's like oh okay cool so um the last jedi has has kind of clouded the whole difference between good and evil it's kind of implied that um goodness and and like uh, powerful jedi strengths can manifest from anywhere in the universe like the downtrodden will always have a voice to speak up and uh, anybody can be anybody you don't just have to have this famous bloodline or whatever and then he's like nope fuck that uh, every fucking star destroyer is now a fucking planet killer and they all exist yeah. on this evil planet and this like, ever oh escalating like what are you supposed to do now just it doesn't make any sense they could have just been a big ass fleet himself. if they didn't have to have planet destroying weapons it could have just been a big ass fleet like that's all yeah. you need Oh my why, god! Like why the include the stupid cannons the stakes were incredibly high as it dumb. stood it, it, uh, it, what it does it make ridiculous. sense is that they all had planet shooting death star oh, guns. So... Right. Or, no, like, de yeah like but how many planets are there in the galaxy there's ten thousand of these star destroyers not even just that to suggest like, there's like, what are they all doing there's gonna be where at did least... they all come from who there's built be 9, them all? of them like how, uh how did they how did they transport them into like what it took it took them like what like fucking 25 years or something like that to build a death star they have to harness the carbon crystals like do all of that stuff they have to like mine from all these separate planets they have to get all these contractors together they had to like uh, abduct a bunch of people like keep their families at gunpoint and in order to get them to to submit the plans for all of this stuff and then all of a sudden the fucking evil emperor is not dead apparently which uh, also makes no sense and wasn't answered secondly he has managed to teleport uh, i don't know like one million fucking contractors to this random planet that nobody can actually get to he's managed to get all of the resources on this planet that again nobody even knows where the planet is um, and it, it, it's able to harness this, the, the power to make essentially ten thousand death stars yeah with like with the like i don't like some of the men 
men flying these Star Destroyers were pretty fucking young. Were yep. they, like, raised and born on this planet? Like, well, I just... He did have, a clo- like, a bunch of clones of Snoke, so maybe but... he just got the cloak sno- the Snoke clones to... Yeah, do it, I don't maybe. know. <laughs> like, I mean... It yeah, it's fuck. Sense. I know that, like, nitpicking Star Wars stuff is, like, the lamest fucking thing you can do, but, like, you have to give us... Like, the... one but it's super not, cool though. thing... Yeah, I know. That's the thing I like to do. I like to think about Star Wars. I like to think about Star Wars. We all like to think about Star Wars, and we like to talk about Star Wars. So when you start dissecting this movie and thinking about it, oh, what does this mean? What does this mean? None of it means a great deal, because it's just... It kind of feels a bit hollow and stupid when you start thinking about it. One thing that's, like, incredibly heavy and rich that has been uh, cleverly woven into the tapestry of Star Wars over the last, like, 30 years, and has only been amplified by the Disneyfication of the series, is that they're able to explain away a lot of things with the extended universe canon, and, and one of the best examples of that is Rogue One, and the fact that it explains one of the biggest flaws in the whole thing, that, like, oh, there's a hole in the middle of the Death Star, and nobody noticed. Um, and they, they, like, crafted this incredible movie, like, this really good heist movie that shows you exactly how and why and like uses all of the correct like causal links between the hole in yeah. the in the and like it does that and it's great and like we're gonna need about four thousand of those movies over the next <laughs> fucking 20 years to explain away all of the shit that happens in the rise of skywalker and that's the fucking jj abrams effect of everything but like don't get me wrong this movie has incredible scenes it, like it is really fucking nice to look at i would watch it again right now <laughs> but yeah, i just oh, I find it so frustrating to just it's... think about how fucking dumb it is like it's dumb He's and like it's he, it, he seems like he's actually a moron who just has a really good talent for set pieces in movies. Like, oh man, it drives me fucking crazy. I don't know that like he's a moron. Like, I think he can make movies. I think probably a he shouldn't be involved in the writing or have any say in who is writing the story because I don't think yeah. he's a good writer. I don't think he writes good dialogue, and I don't think he's particularly strong at like creating plot. We got um, company. Yeah, but you know, but that's just like fan service, right? Isn't like, there about recycling. four scenes where uh, Finn just shouts Ray? I think that's just... <laughs> yeah, that's half yeah. his dialogue. Yeah. If, you, if you like, Ray! If Somebody should make this in the next few years. Literally, just a, a YouTube video of all of uh, Oscar, uh, not Oscar, but the uh, fucking Poe's dialogue in this in these movies. It's terrible. Everything yeah. he says is terrible. He actually seems like a moron as well. Like he's written so badly. The most yeah. compelling stuff that he says is "We got company." <laughs> like it's just, oh man, I don't know. I, I did like crazy. that line from uh, from the Force Awakens where he's like, "Who talks first? You talk first. I talk first. Like I that thought was, that was like a, a fun little interplay. But then it went down. From there. Yeah, yeah, it was a million times better than. Hey, I was holding for General Locks. Oh God, that, don't oh, kill me. Kill me. One of What's the crazy crimes. is that Oscar Isaac is a fantastic actor. Oh, he's, incredible. Just... Oh, he's so good, and yeah. I'm so hyped for Dune because he's going to be the the Leto. Amazing. Yeah, he's going to be class. Sorry, Lucemore, you were you were going to say something before and and. I can't yeah. remember. I mean, there's a. Uh, should we just go through what we liked and then and then what we didn't really like as much? I mean, there's because I imagine there's a lot of stuff that we could nitpick and be like, like, like I don't want to like I don't want to like start talking about the dagger and how stupid the fucking I, dagger is. I I, like, I just want someone to exp- I I want someone to confirm that my interpretation of the dagger is in fact correct or okay. that I am the. You can idiot. do that. Um. So. The dagger is like millions of years old. Well, no, the dagger is like of ancient origin or something, right? Yeah. And yet, when you hold it sideways, it perfectly fits with the fallen Death Star that which was built thirty-five years, 30 years, ago, years ago. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think none of that is actually clear. 
I don't think it says that it's an ancient Sith artifact. I think they just call it a Sith dagger. I think it's heavily implied, though. It felt like it was, except for when it isn't. <laughs> like, it, yeah. but it, they don't say ever like, "Oh, the ancient Sith Sith artifact." Like, I don't even know if they use the word artifact. I think they just call it the Sith dagger, which yeah. is also like, why is there a Sith dagger? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I know. Wouldn't it be like a light dagger saber thing? Like, I just okay, cool, fine. There's a Sith dagger. It has, you know, riddles inscribed in it in Sith, fine, whatever. And then when you stand in, and you could only, put, you know, stand in this one particular spot and look at the wreckage, it lines up perfectly and it has this little thing that comes out and, like, it, just, it doesn't make any sense. Like, who <laughs> yeah. made it? Why? You know, it would be so if they weird, made it like... and they knew what was there... Why didn't they just fucking go get it? Like, it yeah. doesn't make any sense. You know the way this is a universe where, like, there are lightsabers, right? And they cut through things. And, like, they're infinitely better than swords if it comes to killing people, right? And yet yeah. there are also swords, right? That is so strange to me because it's, like, there's, the equivalent of, like, here's here's a bunch of blasters. But this old type of stormtrooper, he has a revolver, a six-shooter. He carries that around. <laughs> like, it's just, like, come on. <laughs> It's yeah. so stupid. I read a thing on Reddit where some guy was like, uh, you know, they, they get the horses get off the transport ship or whatever and go on the the star destroyer. The the, the, guy, the guy was like, why didn't the like the cap the the general of the star destroyer just tip the fucking yeah star destroyer and all the horses would have fallen off and yeah, they would have won quite easily. What's the, what's the story yeah. with Exegol? Like, are they are they in space or is it some kind of misty? ocean or are they yeah. on a mountain where they are all Ex Exegol or? is a is a planet that was uh so like the from from what I have read from like the all of the the information that came out from Rise of Skywalker um the uh Sith homeworld was uh either corrupted or destroyed or like all of the resources were pulled from it or or whatever uh and then they ended up um having a, another one of the, the, the main Sith planets, um, which is crazy that like a, a whole religion just takes over a planet. Like we haven't really, other than Jeddah, we haven't really heard a, a lot about like Jedi planets, yeah, but yeah. sure. Yeah. The Sith just have these hidden planets and they're all hidden and really hard to get to because that's like a weird trope with all of them. There was another one in rebels, which I don't remember if it was Moraban or, or if that's the one that it was based off of, but it wasn't more van. Um, there, were, there was one also in in Clone Wars. Uh, but from what I was reading, um, the planet Ex, uh, Exegol or whatever uh, is just like it became the Sith homeworld afterwards. But then, like, who built it? Like, who built this giant temple? Is the planet hollow? Is that because like the Star Destroyers just like come out from under the ground? How thin is that ground? How like is it the shields on the star destroyer that are keeping it from like getting damaged from from literally breaking through the surface of the like it it what it reminded me of the trailer for Iron Sky where the the Nazis come back from the secret moon base yeah that's what that's what Exegol reminds me of it's just so fucking over the top cartoony sci-fi bullshit like not even sci-fi aside to be sci-fi it would need like an actual explanation that makes sense like this is yeah. just just bullshit like yeah. it, it's it's like not even fantasy like Dungeons and Dragons has like more thought put into it than yeah you know this 
but like I, I don't I don't know, man. And the the thing Lucimer was saying about the uh the, about the, the tipping the starter story, absolutely. Although I will say in the trailer when those stupid horses uh rode out onto the star destroyer, I was like, This is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And then in the movie, there's actually like a semi decent explanation for why they do that. And it's like, Oh okay. But then you think yeah. about it and it's still dumb. Because like they should have just tipped the like it doesn't make any sense. But anyway. Yeah, and also there was ten thousand of those star destroyers and maybe like what? Six like resistance ships at the time yeah. before like the rest came in, like, which is also that... stupid because it's like okay, like they didn't even really like establish like what had happened because like oh nobody came before yeah. when it was just like a tiny yeah you know, but it's like, Lando, skirmish in it. Lando is so charismatic like oh, that he just true. convinced everybody yeah. in the galaxy to come. Oh, Except all the for when he had that, that like sexually attracted to him. Yeah. All, all this... Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. But except for that, like that weird exchange with the with the other ex stormtrooper at the end of the movie, yeah. where he's like, "We can find out together." Yeah, and it's yeah. like, does he want it? Does he want her, or yeah, is he like actually... just being a helpful yeah. friend? Are they playing that their father like... and daughter? Yeah, I texted Mike right after. It should have been called the the. What did I say? It was something like Lando wants to fuck, or so. Star Wars Episode Nine. Lando wants to fuck because he still wants to fuck. Lando's like, we established in Solo that he wants to fuck. However, years later, the like... Visual Dictionary, for, or I think it is, for for the movie came out, and there was a bunch of information that came out, and it's heavily implied that that girl is his daughter. Uh, really? Lando had a, Lando had a daughter after Return of the Jedi. have to be somebody's fucking and, daughter. And she was kidnapped when she was two or three years old by the First Order, and this girl is the right age. But that would be a good like if they'd expanded on that, that would have been at least interesting. I don't like, think the it would have. Like I'm, I I'm don't think it, Why are they I, all I, fucking related? I would have actually vomited into my popcorn if they fucking brought that in. Like, oh, Lando has <laughs> a daughter. Been... She's also an orphan. Like, Jesus Christ, does anyone just have a fucking nuclear family in this fucking stupid universe? Christ, <laughs> that would have been almost as bad as uh, the Chewbacca getting the metal kick to the face. <laughs> I, I I laughed out loud like it was yeah. the dumbest thing. I take, I take that that is the dumbest thing in the movie. That, yeah. it was ridiculous. It is the dumbest thing in the movie. Lewis but... Moore texted me and said, "Well, let, you you tell it, Lewis Moore. It's your joke. <laughs> You'll do it better." I said me. the fact that Leia had to wait until she died to give Chewie a fucking medal like it just proves that she hates Wookies. Like she's hated she's him racist. for New Hope, and she yeah. still fucking hates him. Like it's yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> Wookies are not even worthy of droid status, Leia might have said. Yeah, yeah, she did. She did like droids a lot better. But like, I don't know. It's so. I think one of the most egregious things about all three of these movies, because like I, we're talking Rise of Skywalker, but we're, we're it is the culmination where we're talking about all three of the the new films at the same time. Um, one of the biggest sins that that these movies committed, like the the biggest crime, is that they are not isolated they don't exist in a vacuum this isn't uh like a, a three-part story arc like i was i was saying earlier this is a nine part story arc there are six movies that come before this and they yep. do not these movies refuse to use material from those three from those six movies that came before it in any meaningful way yeah and i'll give you like my my biggest pet peeve in in 
these movies and uh, and it ties to something that Elle was complaining about with like why is everybody related and everything. The fact that Ray is a Palpatine is freaking stupid. I think we can all agree the reveal of that was really stupid. Yep. The way that the dialogue was deli- like at least if you're gonna if you're gonna do that, say it in a way that doesn't sound as stupid as it did. Maybe that's impossible, but that's a pretty good indication that you just shouldn't freaking do it. But anyway, we know in episode three that Palpatine is kidnapping force sensitive children and uh, experimenting on them. That is what is being done on um, uh, what's what's the planet that they fight on at the end of episode three. Uh, Mustafar. Is, is it Mustafar? I think it's yeah, Mustafar. Mustafar that's it. Yeah. I watched it literally six days ago, and I have already <laughs> forgotten. And then, because it doesn't matter. I watched matter. it twice. It doesn't matter. Darth Vader builds his castle there. It doesn't matter. But, uh, so, did you know where that's where uh, Kylo Ren is at the beginning of this movie? Uh, you know... What, when he's slaying all those people when in the woods? he's slaying all those people in the woods, that is on Mustafar. And he gets the uh, Sith Wayfinder from Darth Vader's castle. The Sith Wayfinder, eh? Yeah, uh, the that, Sith that, that Wayfinder. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so this was expanded on in the Clone Wars, where it's like re- further explored this idea that Palpatine is experimenting on Force-sensitive children. For why? We don't know. In Episode 3, and keep in mind, I'm a person who doesn't like the prequels, and I'm saying they should have used this shit, because it's really good shit that they just didn't use. Right? Uh, Palpatine also reveals that he killed... His master, uh, Darth Plagueis, uh, who had learned a way of, you know, preserve, like keep staying immortal, right? Immortality, yeah. Immortality for the Sith. The Jedi have their way. The Sith have this other way that we can presume is different from, you know, Force ghosts. Okay. So my question is, why isn't Ray a? Why isn't Ray instead of being a Palpatine the product of his experimentation that continued after he died? to create the perfect vessel for for him and b why is palpatine palpatine why wasn't the big reveal at the end of this that palpatine was never palpatine but that the way that the sith have managed to learn how to preserve themselves forever is by you know putting themselves into somebody else's body yeah yeah yeah. or yeah and it turns out that the emperor was never the emperor he was always darth plagueis and that he is now cultivated Ray, like literally like grew her in a laboratory to be the perfect vessel. That's why she's so particularly strong in the force, because she needed to be so that he could just Yeah, put it's also in. it's also why she like that could explain like fucking Oh my god. <laughs> that, like, and it the ties whole... to the prequels. Yeah. They, they, like they could use that to explain like her uh, the identity crisis that she has on Mount Skellig in uh, the Last Jedi. It could explain the why Palpatine was training Anakin. <clears throat> yeah, and, and then and... didn't go into his body because he was a machine afterwards. It would add so much. It would add much more context to um, the appearance of Evil Ray on the Death Star ruins as well because it's like oh another version of you perhaps this is the clone like you know what i mean like perhaps this yeah. is what the, mm. like it also just it implies cloning and and like the fact that she sees herself multiple times in those endless mirrors but like oh it's it's almost yes. like a production line it is crying yes. out for the yeah and she could have she could have been uh you know like programmed a certain way but then like maybe she was stolen 
and maybe that's why she ended up on her parents literally could have been nobodies right yeah because they weren't her parents they were just the people who kidnapped her maybe they were rebels maybe like that was raided maybe there's like maybe luke reveals that like oh yeah we like raided all of like these things but the the whole prequels was based on the fact that Anakin was created from like an immaculate conception, right? Yeah, just, he he was birthed out that. of midichlorians, and like but he is didn't that have true? a father. Is that I mean, true, I don't, or like, is that Darth Plagueis uh, as uh, Palpatine create trying to create? This is like his first phase. Like this whole thing could have been exactly this whole yeah. thing could have made sense. He yeah. could have created Anakin in this in a similar but different way, and Anakin failed and didn't work, so he needed to create something else, something better, which ultimately results in Rey. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, do we actually know what the Emperor's plan... Like, they're never explaining this movie. They do explain, like, obviously that he... Because he's Snoke, he therefore was behind <laughs> the First Order, but also, meanwhile, he was creating the Final Order because they can't be bothered to come up with a better name. Yeah, that's true. You know what yeah. the stupid thing is, Lewis Moore? The answer to that question is he yeah. was going to siphon himself into Ray's body, which is already what I'm suggesting, except for that I came up with a better explanation in yeah. a few days. But that, but that's his plan. But then if, if his, his whole plan this whole time was to get Ray, why didn't he just use his connection to Ray as it has the grandfather to like just talk to her and be like, hey, what's up? Like, come to this planet. I'll tell you about your dad and mum. They were really cool. You know, I've got candy here. Get in the van. You know what he I mean? Also like, he he, like... he could have done that when she was, like, 11 years old. Like, yeah, because exactly. her entire view of the world has been built on the fact that she's a scavenger and a yeah. junk trader and that she believes in good because she finds it in other life forms that exist, like BB-8 yeah. or, you know, whatever. But, yeah. it, it, like, so he could have just brought her to Exegol when she was, like, fucking sold to Simon Pegg or whatever. And yeah. then, like, you know, raised her as the fucking Sith Lord that she was going to be. <clears throat> it's just, it's so fucking... Because they make this, they say this thing in, in Star Wars a lot. Um, he can't be a Jedi. He's too old. And you look at it and it's like a fucking eight-year-old kid. And it's like, yeah. okay, well, clearly, that doesn't fucking matter. I call bullshit on that because Luke, Anakin, both were too old. And then they went on to become the fucking, the greatest Jedis of their generation. So, yeah. um, if but if the age thing does matter, which we're, we're fucking well, told multiple times that it does, then get Ray when you're, like, you know, it's just, it's so fucking stupid. The whole, it's... So Agreed. fucking dumb. Like I, I, th- I think that there is a confusion though between being force sensitive and being a Jedi. Being a Jedi and a Sith are not the only ways of being force sensitive. And the canon, like the stuff that's actually still considered canon, has reflected that time and time and time again. Um, so like the idea of like the kid with the broom, like that's not discarded. That to me, that was like Ryan Johnson winking at what his trilogy was going to be about. I, I agree with that, and I think. I, I honestly they, like for being forced. Jedi is a religion and it's a form of training, right? When they were saying they were too old, it was too old to be indoctrinated into their system of beliefs, right? Mm-hmm. Which you could argue Anakin probably was and Luke probably was because they both ended up turning their back on the Jedi, yeah, true. you know, in, in some way, shape or form. So like it, it, it's it's I, I don't think the idea of like anybody being potentially like strong in the force even stronger in the force because like the one of the problems with the jedi and the sith is that they have limitations that are based on their beliefs and their belief structures uh if you were to have somebody who grew up outside of that belief structure which is why ahsoka tano is probably the most interesting fucking character in all of star wars you know is that the guy from rogue one 
No, Ahsoka Tano is uh, Anakin's apprentice from uh, Rebel. Uh, not from Rebels, from um, Clone Wars. I literally starts... just heard, like, it sounds like a Japanese name. <laughs> starts off as the most annoying character possibly in the history of Star Wars and becomes one of my favorite characters in the history oh, of Star Wars. I... Yeah, I actually... She has, like, I... the most development of any of any character in all of Star Wars. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I watched a little bit of the Clone Wars as well over the Christmas period. Um... Don't yeah. we hear her, her voice at the end when Rey's summoning yep. the voices of the Jedis or whatever? Yep. Um... Yeah. Yeah, I know. Like, I understand what you're saying about like being indoctrinated into their way, but like, none of the Jedi follow the fucking code anyway. So it's like, well, none of the ones that we watch. All the ones that did died. Yeah, I guess. But Qui Gon Jinn is like the worst Jedi ever, basically. But they actually deal with that in in the the lore and in in the Clone Wars. Yeah, no, but they even deal with it in the Phantom Menace, where Obi Wan tells him that he keeps on going against the code, and he's like, "Oh no, but I, I gotta do it." It's, it's, yeah. Well, and Qui Gon Jinn ends up being right. And when he breaks the code, is when because Qui Gon Jinn is the one who discovers how to do the um, the Force Ghost ability. Uh, he teaches that to Yoda as a Force Ghost, and then Yoda learns it and teaches it to Obi Wan. Do we think overall these movies have been? I mean, it's good having. It's weird saying like, have they been worth it? Because it's like more Star Wars and yeah. coming out of Force Awakens. But is there any value even... in them? Yeah, no. exactly. I, I came out of Force Awakens and I, and I was like buzzing. I saw it two, three more times in in theaters and the same like Last Jedi. Like I yeah. came out of it with that feeling of like, wow, like the throne room scene in Last Jedi. As 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 much issues as I did have with the movie in parts, like the throne room scene was genuinely thrilling. Like Phenomenal. it was a great Star but, Wars moment. In my I'd opinion, it's thrilling the best in the scene in the whole thing. It it's thrilling, but it's thrilling in the same way that like scenes from you know. The, the the rise of Skywalker were thrilling. It's thrilling until you stop and like think about it too much. I because don't. The, I actually the dis- death of Snoke is really, you know, like oh my god, what that what what the hell? And then you start thinking about it, and you're like, well, what are they gonna do now? Like I I think it creates yeah, more problems um, than it actually you know like it's it's an uh, awesome scene. I I'm not saying it's not it more interesting though. Like I I, I think J J Abrams um his set pieces are. Like, they have, like, great cosmetic superficial value, but I, I actually think that that scene in The Rise of Skywalker, like, one of the reasons why I found it to be so interesting is because it does just carve a completely different path, and it's counterintuitive. Like, you, you just wouldn't imagine anything going there, and, like, I like that. I, I, I like things that I like present the idea shades of, of grey and cloudiness instead of I fucking like good and evil. I like the idea of that, but it wasn't set up, Elle. Like, there was no setup for, like, where to go after that. If if Kylo Ren was going to be the villain after that, or if they were going to like, or they in the in the eighth installment of a nine part series, they're they're going to randomly introduce the idea that like, oh, this isn't actually about evil and good. This is a story about like the moral gray area. You don't do that in part of the Skywalker saga. That's not what the Skywalker saga has been about. When you have eight uh, seven films before that that have been establishing like what the series is about like unless you are going to to go i, I don't I, I don't i just don't think it worked i feel like right? i could i feel like i could convincingly argue against it but i feel like to do that we would just be talking about the last jedi and we would just spend more time talking about a movie that we've already talked about for three hours that's true so, but yeah. that, isn't that a problem though that like that that we're doing that still yes I think... But I, I think I, that's part of the problem with this movie and with this 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 trilogy is that like, like it's yes. just broken. 
So to be fair to J.J. Abrams, um, he is getting a lot of shit for undoing all of the stuff that the Last Jedi did, and the Last Jedi is getting no flack for undoing all the stuff. There, that the there is, there is a scene, like the favorite part of this, the scene where he like retcons the Last Jedi is when Rose basically utters the words, "Oh, I can't. I've got a, I've got a thing to do. I can't <laughs> come on. I've got a thing to." Do. And they're like, "Okay, Rose, cool. It's we'll Subway see you Tuesday. In <laughs> I'm going to Subway with my friend today." Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, but the, but there you go. Like Rose was like one of those additional characters who, even, like even let's say that she was written a lot better than she was in the Last Jedi. Like, where do you plug her into this movie? Well, I don't think you need to introduce like a, a character. What just have Rose do the things that like another character? Like they introduced the girl on the horse. Do you really need that? Like that, she, they added really nothing. It's, it's an interesting concept. Well, it's true. We could well. further develop Rose's love of horses. Exactly. Well, exactly. But like that, you introduce like a, a kind of a love thing between Rose and Finn, and then don't really explore it. And then later on, Finn is kind of into Lando's daughter. Apparently, that's Lando's daughter. But he's got more chemistry with Poe when they're like back and forth. Like it's just none of it. Like the, even. I, I, don't know, like, I personally, I don't give a shit about any love story things in Star Wars. Like, I don't yeah. fucking care. It's not interesting I, to I, me. I it never has been interesting. Like, Luke and Leia Historically, fucking... it's kind of ruined things. Yeah, exactly. Like, it, it really doesn't matter to me. And, and like, I understand the, the call for um, uh, LGBTQ representation in movies and stuff like that. And, and, like, I'm largely behind it, but also I just don't give a shit about love in the Star Wars universe at all. It just it, it has no part in it. Um, I think that the, the key to Rose's character is not necessarily her love of horses or her um, potential love affair with Finn. It's that she is also an absolute nobody who steps into the shoes of a hero because of the circumstances and that her yeah. her heart and determination kind of take her above and that was kind of That's the whole key to Ryan Johnson's um uh take on Star Wars was that like it it like it's about being a farm boy from Nebraska who takes on the empire and yeah. it's you know what i mean like yeah sure <clears throat> Luke was um Luke was from a famous bloodline um, and I just really enjoy Ryan Johnson's interpretation of Star Wars that still, in spite of that, anybody has the potential to become something bigger than what they are. Yeah, um, and I, I like just... the idea of it. I didn't like the execution of it. That's fine. Um, and like, yeah, like I... I also I... think that that idea should have been handled in, you know, a series outside of the Skywalker saga. Yeah, I, I also think... think that Disney shouldn't have made these movies because let, let's talk about this movie. This movie, okay, so episode seven was A New Hope. Yep. Episode uh, eight was a sort of bizarro version of Empire Strikes Back, which I actually preferred in that sense that it was a reflection of Empire Strikes Back, but not a one-to-one of Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, yeah. And this was once again Return of the Jedi. We, we, I was actually like we were going to do a plot synopsis of, of this movie and I was just going to read the plot synopsis from The Last Jedi uh, from uh, Return of the Jedi rather. Oh, like, yeah. That, that do... was that was going to be the joke. I have oh, the right, plot okay. synopsis from Return of the Jedi. Like that was the joke. It's ruined now, but it's fine. <laughs> you know? we're, we're, we're already past that. We're already I actually past that. I actually when I started talking uh, with my intro, I completely fucking forgot that you had the joke. So I'm sorry. That's uh, no, that's I OK. Completely fucked that up for you. It um, was a really dumb joke, but I get to talk about it now, which is fine. This movie, when it ends, we are in the exact same place that we were at the end of Return of the Jedi. Yeah, which we're, we're literally in the forest on Endor. Absolutely nothing was gained. 
nothing new really happened. None of these characters needed to exist. In fact, the only thing that, you know, happened now is that, like, Han Solo is dead. That's I think the only imperi- like the only important well, thing. And Luke too. And oh, Luke, yeah. yeah. Wait, yeah. they're all dead actually. <laughs> and Leia. But like it, it's you know, uh, I don't know. It, it like we're in the exact same place. So why did these movies get made? And the answer is money. And we all know that it's the answer is money, right? <laughs> Nah. Like, that's just what the answer is. They did right? this to put smiles on children's faces. Come on now. What do you got to be so cynical for? But it's it's 100%. Like, yep. that, that's, the, that's the reason that these movies are the way they are. That's the movie, the, the reason that they pumped them out so quickly. And I've, and I've said this before about Disney and their approach to Star Wars and Lucasfilm. And they were trying to emulate what they did with Marvel. And they were trying to put the, you know, like the the star wars cinematic universe they wanted a movie out every single year and to ramp up to having more than one star wars movie out every single year they thought they could do the same thing except for that there's one big huge difference and that difference is that all of the marvel movies have been at least in part based and sometimes loosely but still based on actually good stories that were written for comics that were developed over years and years and years of telling the story and retelling the story multiple times and, and you so had a, of, I had a showrunner as well. Like in Kevin Feige, you had a showrunner basically who just like yeah. oversaw everything. Yeah. But all of the plot, all of the the stuff that we are complaining about with these new movies is is almost all directly plot related. That it doesn't make sense. That it doesn't need to exist. You know, et cetera, et cetera. Like the writing, all of that was almost already done for like the the Marvel movies are not new movies they're adaptations they're adaptations yeah. of comic books yeah, they're they wanted to do stories. the same thing with star wars but instead of like they, they couldn't make adaptations because they threw out all of the old canon you know which good because a lot of it was garbage right um but also they didn't give them time to write anything new or interesting they were just like okay you have a year write star wars and it's yeah. like that's and yeah. it's, it's frustrating because Solo and Rogue One both kind of tightened up the bolts on, on already existing stories. At least that's what I felt. Um, I watched Solo twice again over the Christmas and remembered how much it's not I, terrible. It, I really fucking enjoyed it, to be fair. Um, there were things in it that I didn't like, for sure. but um, It didn't need to exist, but it also didn't take away from anything. You know, yeah. In a, in a, I, I would actually say, like, in a weird way, it kind of enhanced... Um, uh, Han for me because I watched all of the Star Wars movies multiple times over the Christmas period and um, from from Solo when I watched A New Hope I had like such a newfound kind of appreciation for the character even though like he's always been like the coolest guy ever and stuff like that but it is so cool to see the swagger that he has in A New Hope when you've seen it in the context of him trying to emulate Woody Harrelson's character and all that stuff um, uh, that is interesting yeah and that's do you think cool this, and... this saga suffers from the fact that we don't have like a truly charismatic char- like I mean not character even like Harrison Ford is so charismatic in the role like as in every time he's on screen you can't help but like just watch him I don't um, I didn't I well, didn't feel anything about these characters I don't I, think it's about the characters yeah, I think I that either. I think that uh Daisy no, Ridley is is very extremely empathetic like you can empathize with her very yeah. very well, she like they picked her perfectly for the role, yeah. right? Uh, and then Oscar Isaac and why am I forgetting the guy John who plays Boyega. John Boyega? Thank you. And John Boyega 
are both extremely charismatic, especially John Boyega. Yeah, yeah, he's not giving enough. He's just like amazing. The writing is atrocious. Yeah, yeah. It's not as bad as the like. Okay, so, and and here's one of the differences uh, between like the the prequels and these movies because I think they have actually some inverse problems. The prequels had uh, like a very questionable aesthetic. They had a very you know like terrible dialogue like that the quality of writing the dialogue and the stories were a little bit ham-fisted but like there was a good there were good bones there there were cool ideas there yeah i agree completely where this is the inverse this is the inverse the dialogue and the and the you know actual like speaking isn't the problem it's what they're given to say and talk about and it's the ideas behind it. Like visually, it looks and feels a bit more like Star Wars, especially uh, you know, uh, Force Awakens and uh, Rise of Skywalker. Um, there were some really cool visual things done in in parts of uh, Last Jedi, uh, which also are like really excellent additions to like Star Wars. So like, okay, let's progress the visual you know uh, language of Star Wars forward, right? But it, there's no substance. Whereas, like the, the as bad as the as some people like myself think that the prequels were, there are really good bones in there somewhere that could have been like that's one of the reasons that I don't like the prequels is because like I see the missed potential. Whereas like this, there is no missed potential. This is like like you look at at what they made and you're just like well, the missed potential is like you shouldn't have made these movies. Man, Make something I was, else. I was watching uh, The Phantom Menace, and I was thinking to myself, like, I know that I don't hate this movie, um, but I'm going to, because I'm so fucking biased towards Star Wars, like, I'll accept fucking anything if it's got the Star Wars logo on it, basically. Yeah, um, me too. <laughs> but the, the scene where they're all in uh, talking to the Gungans, um, you oh. know where it's like, you said no thinking you are better than the Gungans? <laughs> Whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. So like, a good impersonation. I was yeah. looking at the screen and I was like, this is not really that. And then I looked outside of the kind of um, the center frame where everybody's standing and just the graphics of the ground that they're standing on. is like, yeah. it's like fucking PlayStation one. Like it's so oh. bad. I actually could not believe how bad it was because um, revenge of the Sith had uh, pretty good, like the city world and, and all the stuff flying around was like pretty good. Uh, yeah. Like it was very good for the time. It's pretty good to look at now. Um, but Jesus, the Phantom Menace is fucking atrocious visually. Like, it is. Really terrible. Is it, would they have only done that decision, like George made that decision to go fully CGI because it's cheaper? Or is it more, yeah. of, like, it's because reason. the reason is that he owns. Um, the companies who produce ILM, yeah. all ILM, of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like that that's that was the whole reason why they remastered it was so that they could generate but, business for those companies and that's why they it, went full CGI for the That's true. That's I think there's also a truth in the the idea that like and and I'm not like Star Wars was one of the 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 first like proper blockbusters. Yeah. And part of the reason behind that was that it pushed uh special effects beyond what they were at that time. And the prequels, for better or worse, did the same thing. Like, they committed to CG in a way that no other movies at that time were doing. And, you know, like, I don't agree with it, 
I think the return to practical effects is much better. I think the idea that CG should be there to complement and enhance practical effects is where CG, like the future of CG in movies, like really should be. But like, I don't know, like at the same time, like when when George Lucas says like that Star Wars has always been about like pushing the visual envelope, like that was the big uh, there was a big falling out between him and one of the other. I think it was like the producer of um, I might be wrong about this, but the producer of A New Hope um during empire strikes back they had a, a massive falling out and uh, he ended up like leaving the project because he was saying like no people love star wars because of the the, the stories and george lucas was like no people love star wars because of the special effects Fucking mm. hell, this and fucking that guy. tells you everything you need to know about the prequels and that happened during the the filming of the original films yeah right? I, like, I, like i do remember like the big push for like big special effects in Hollywood at the time um with movies like I don't know like the the later Jurassic Park movies and stuff like that um or even like I don't know something like the fifth element like those kinds of movies I remember them being like really popular because people would look at them and go like wow the effects like I remember people talking about the graphics a lot in the 90s I remember that like almost in a video game way yeah yeah yeah, no exactly this new movie's out but how good are the graphics yeah um I remember like watching um I went to the cinema to see Mission to Mars and I remember like the person that I went with at the time just talking only about the graphics and how good they were and like that movie is fucking garbage too so I think it is just kind of a a thing like that at the time this was actually seen as good Yeah but it was not <laughs> but it was not no. Yeah so- Returning to to Rise of Skywalker is like uh, this is all connected. It's not like what we're talking about and connected, but like returning to Ri- Rise of Skywalker as like a like review, if we can call this that, right? Like maybe maybe let's concentrate on like the the only that film right now and what were the positives and negatives uh, about the film. We've we've talked about a few of them, but like what like the the film also adds like a bunch of new characters. So I was complaining about how many characters were added in the the last jedi and that there was like unnecessary bulk in dealing with the story the the pace of this film is a problem uh the uh, rise of skywalker uh because of all of the stuff that it's trying to deal with at the same time and juggle and yet we also have the introduction of a bunch of new characters who serve almost no purpose and we have no no emotional connection to like like uh, Poe Dameron's uh, girlfriend from when they used to be spice runners on this planet. Yeah, the Power Ranger. The yeah. costume looked pretty cool. I, I, I have no issues with the costume. But yeah. she didn't need to exist. Um, she, yeah. yeah, she didn't need to. I mean, I think the one disappointing thing it, for me in terms of new characters... I mean, Babu Frick is fun, I guess. Like that little guy, like... Is that like, the but that's just a baby Yoda thing? thing in it. Like that's just let's get something cute and uh, it will sell toys and yeah, do a funny voice. But at least um, baby Yoda's interesting, like conceptually. Yeah, this is exactly, just yeah. like I don't even know what this guy's supposed to be. Like it. Yeah. The camera lingered. There were characters like that in the originals, but like they never like dwelled on them. I guess for he's so just long. like the salacious crumb of this movie, kind of, isn't he? Like like a like you don't really like, I don't know. I'd... Do they dwell on Salacious Crumb no that much though? Huh? Do we dwell on Salacious Crumb that much though in in Return no, of the Jedi? But, like, like, but then, you only I... know his name because of the toys. Exactly. Yeah, but exactly. But like, I didn't. I mean, I guess I knew 
Babu Freak's name because I watched the movie and I'm an adult. But I guess would a kid remember that name? I don't I got, know. I gotta be honest. Who is Babu Freak? He was the guy who reprogrammed C3PO. Uh, okay. Yeah. You had that the funny like Marvel tiny... line of like yeah, when looked, C3PO came back online. Looked, looked he was kind of like... like a gremlin a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um. Yeah, I I don't really care about him. <laughs> I guess I don't know. It, so, like, why did he need to be in the movie? And especially because the C three PO thing ended up being like a huge waste of screen time because it really he ends did, up being yeah. fixed anyway. Like, the story can't commit to any of the, the, I, I the, know, the tragedies. I, I know why he's in the movie because J J Abrams will MacGuffin his way around anything. Yeah, he really did. Like, there was um, there was no point to the. You're exactly right. Like it is. Is just like a like a, a stupid you know like thing that they they have to go chasing because of another stupid thing that he made you know yeah, like it's that is uh that like that is the great tragedy of J J Abrams the filmmaker is that just that's what happens the like you could literally make about three movies out of the Rise of Skywalker alone like yeah it's, it's pretty insane um what did um, what did we think like I I kind of thought that Kylo. Uh, story is kind of the most compelling yeah i like way. it most. yes i i um... and i think that's one of the good parts of the whole three like i think because he's such a good actor as well like um he commits to that sort of like emo character that he's got going on um until he's ben and when he's like that's the crazy thing is that like when he's ben again after he has that moment where where like ray stabs him he almost yeah. dies. Ray makes the choice to heal him, which I thought was like a really big thing for her character, both to like give in to anger, kill him, see the consequences, and then give up some of her essence yeah, to, yeah. to to heal him, right? Her line to him is probably one of the best lines in all of these new movies. Her yeah. saying, I did want to take your hand, Ben's hand, and then yeah. walking away yeah. and leaving him there. Like it, that, that was beautiful. And then the conversation with his father – uh, mirroring what happened on the bridge in the yeah. in Starkiller base, that and then this time he, th- he throws away the lightsaber, and then he go- goes after Ray. And when we see him again, he is not Kylo Ren; he is Ben Solo. And I am amazed, like I'm shocked because I didn't think it was possible, but I am shocked by how much I was rooting for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After I agree. that moment, I think that like, whole as bungled as the layer bit was, where you like she goes to the bed to die to distract her son. I think the whole layer stuff is, they kind of did it well, but like you can kind of see the strings because like you know there's, she's not really there. There's some theories about that, um, and the theory was that Leia was originally supposed to be the one to appear to Kylo, but they obviously couldn't do it because Carrie Fisher passed away. Yeah, yeah. And so I mean they the, could have done because they did a, a flashback where she was there. So like I mean. Well, no, but it, it would have been weird, young I guess. Leia. They didn't. They didn't want to put in like dead old Carrie Fisher. They said that they were not going to have her do or say or like recite any lines that she didn't actually say. Like that, that they weren't going to do any. They, they weren't going to fuck with a dead person's legacy, basically. Right. Exactly. Which I'm. I'm totally fine with. But so like the the information that's coming out, and it could have been better explained in the film so that we didn't have to guess about it. The scene with that... James Dean was fucking crazy, though. <laughs> but that the scene with um. <laughs> with uh han solo isn't actually han solo um I, that leia what, it's, force it's, it's his memory is it his memory of han or is is leia, leia summoning no, han solo or something no it's leia doing exactly what luke did at la- in the last jedi except instead of appearing as herself she appears as because remember luke changed his appearance 
he appeared as a younger version of himself with oh, yeah. you know his old vestments and everything. Yeah, he just ferment his hair and stuff. Yeah, that was weird. The idea is because of like the timing and how they show like uh Han fading away and then her body fading away in the same way that Luke's did on the rock. Oh, uh, yeah. That that's actually Leia talking to Ben as his father to give Ben the closure he needs. I, I fucking hate father. that we have to read like a fucking Star Wars encyclopedic novel to explain exactly. all of the shit in this movie. I, I like, that's, that's, my that's a cool concept. Like that's that's a that's that's some setup as well. They set that up in the last movie. Like it pays off here. That's that's true, but I really don't like that because I th- I thought the whole point of Luke doing that was just an example of how fucking powerful he was as a Jedi and his ability to harness the Force and and all that stuff. But um, then this film sets up that Leia was also powerful and. Tr- when yeah. she becomes she becomes Ray's master. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, like I, I guess I can go along with it. I I think like in terms of uh, what Lewis Moore said that it, that it's uh, it's set up and pay off. I think that that's I agree with that. I, I think that that's, that's one of the only set up and pay off that. Yeah, no, that's right. I think it's really important yeah. that we find those where we can. Um, yeah. Well, and then continuing the uh, the idea of like Ben's redemption, like him going to. That's one hundred percent the best Ray. part of this movie, I think. Yeah. And when when he jumps down onto the chains and he hits the chains and he goes like oof, and it's like there's like a moment of levity of like him getting kind of like hurt and trying to be like a good guy, but fumbling around it. That's like really the uh, the hand like, thing that he does oh when like the big reveal when he gets this the lightsaber from behind his back because they use the yes. force that was the force Skype. Badass. that's the best thing in the whole movie for me like the it is. like the it, it like the the hairs on my back stood up when he did that and, it, and then he shrugged oh. like hand shrugged in return of the jedi like that sort of like yes. uh, what are you going to do about it um, yes i love it that. was it like cool. genuinely amazing like that i wish it had like it, for, for me like he was the best thing in the movie like yeah. I'd be, um, and I kind of wish it had been more of that stuff, but yeah, that that sort of half an hour there where like they did all that stuff, and then in my own mind I thought it was going to go to a different place when they kind of confront the emperor together, but then he just it didn't do that really. Could I or just what say, I expect? Could I just say one thing about the Han Solo uh, appearance? I I thought that it's way better if um it's a result of his own internal conflict and it's kind of like part hallucination part uh, thing that's happening inside of his imagination because if it's Leia that's doing it it's like it, it kind of takes away from what Ray has just done for him which is saying like yeah, true, I, true. I, I, blah 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 Ben's hand whatever and then like she she walks away and then all of a sudden all this conflict arises in him and he's forced to relive like the most malicious thing that he's ever done except he does it in a new context which is like a great way of showcasing the conflict of showing the good um of showing like, you could, the good interaction you could, and the bad interaction both side by side it's yeah. it's it's a, it's a much better representation of internal Th- this conflict. 25 minutes of the movie then when ray flies off crash lands goes to luke and uh, we, as weird as that like scene is where she throws it into the fire and luke sort of catches it as like a fuck you ryan johnson why, why doesn't it just like stop that? in the midair why didn't it just stop in midair why did yeah why did yeah why didn't he use the force why did he have to actually physically catch it that was a bit weird um, but yeah, when he raises the X-wing and like that, when she goes, like that whole sequence of stuff is 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 probably the best twenty-five, thirty minutes of the movie, probably. I think um, I think that's that one thing about the X-wing, right? This is just like a great example of the difference between J.J. Abrams and Ryan Johnson. Was that when I saw that X-wing in the in the water at the start of the Last Jedi? 
um i said to myself i remember um i said to my sister i was like this that x-wing is going to get raised by the force just like the fucking one in the empire strikes back um and then that didn't happen, but then it did fucking happen because J.J. Abrams was like, yeah, here's a callback, ladies and gentlemen. I don't, I don't know if you remember my my pitch for, like, how to fix The the Last Jedi or, like, how I think you could fix The the Last Jedi keeping the same plot. But one of the things that I mentioned was, like, uh, like instead of the movie taking place immediately afterwards, was it taking place at least one year after the events of uh, The Force Awakens and have a whole year of Rey having to train herself on the planet yeah. because uh luke refuses to train her but he's watching her and keeping an eye on her in a similar way that like yoda did but like extending that for like a year a year's worth of time of this yeah so you see her becoming stronger in the force you see her training with a lightsaber and every day she meditates on the same cliff edge looking out into the water and one day looking at the x-wing she just lifts it she doesn't yeah, like I, I do, do think like the whole she doesn't do the whole do or do not thing she just lifts it up out yeah. of the water and that's when Luke decides to train her because where Luke had conflict and yeah, doubt, she, she doesn't. That and that's he did. She did something that he couldn't, and he decides to train her. I think that's yeah, much more I, interesting. I would much think more they could even do that in this movie. Like if she, if exactly. Luke had kept hold of the lightsaber and like Ray said, I don't think I can do this. I don't think I can do this. I can't summon the Jedi's from the past. And then Luke says, raise that, raise that X-wing or something along those lines. And she yeah, yeah. she's the ones to raise raise it. And Luke like gives her a speech and gives her the lightsaber back and says, you're ready to you know the jedi with it within you or whatever that could have been a much cooler scene i guess yeah yeah and that's where i was going with it was like you could have done yeah. that in this movie and and had it not be like luke lifting another x-wing it would have yeah. been an echo of what happened in uh in you know empire strikes back but it wouldn't have been exactly the same thing whereas this felt like just a callback yeah. you know yeah but the the force connection between Kylo Ren and Rey is probably the single most interesting concept that's been floated yep. in in all of these three movies. Like the idea that the force could work in that way is super interesting. The connection between them is extremely compelling. Whenever they were both on the screen at the same time, there the best was a, movie, yeah. of all the movies, there was a weird yeah. connection and energy between them that was like sort of romantic, but like sort of uh, you know like predatory on his part but sort of it was just weird there was something weird and interesting and compelling about their connection and that using that connection which had been expanded in the last jedi you know using material yeah. from the last Jedi. this was one of the best examples of this movie taking something from the last jedi that some people had issue with and turning it into like a major force in the in the the movie and they set it up beautifully this is one of like the few things that was actually set up beautifully throughout the movie because we already had the established force connection between them last time and the idea that like it might be more than just uh, when they touch in in uh, the last jedi like their hands actually physically touch and so like there's this idea that like that connection is more than just like a mental image of, of what the other person's doing right that there is a physical connection there as well through the force um, and then in this movie, you have that with Kylo doing this on purpose to try and figure out where she is and ripping the necklace off of her chest, you know, so that's already been set up. So when that the time comes for him to receive the lightsaber from her through that connection, you know, like we're already all in and invested on like that as a potential, you know, 
when you see her put the lightsaber behind her back and he has his hand behind his back and he comes out with the lightsaber it's like it's not a su- it's it, it is sort of a surprise but it's not a surprise in like a negative yeah. way no that's like, the best payoff in the whole franchise like that they, it's they so good that it is so good yeah um i'm trying to think of other cool i the cool i mean it was cool and then the payoff for it wasn't very cool uh, when she force lightning explodes the carrier ship early in the movie, where like they have that that uh, back and forth, where, like using the force, like Kylo's um, trying to drag it back down. No, she's trying to drag it back down. Kylo's trying to like do the opposite, release it from her grasp, kind of. Yeah, basically. And then she obviously gets so angry and, and uses force lightning. Like that's a that's a that was a cool scene. Like seeing her do that, I was like, oh, holy fuck. Yeah, um, but it just fucking reminds me that J.J. Abrams loves to do the oh this person's dead but yeah. you haven't seen the body but oh, then literally like dead. 20 seconds later like that Chewie Chewie's not dead obviously he's yeah. not dead but he, they um, did that three times great. in the movie does it yeah like Jesus fucking Christ it was man. I was only okay with Chewie being alive because if that had been Chewie's death, that would have been a really way to kill, like a really shitty way to kill yeah. that character. Like to kill all the characters in Star Wars and then Chewie like that would have been would have been bad. That's like um, the, the that's the killing Chewie equivalent of not giving him a medal. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I like the part where other things I enjoyed a lot when the Knights of Ren walked past and a stormtrooper went, "Look, the Knights of." Ren. <laughs> 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 Second yeah, fucking hell! Awesome. Like, thank you very much, sir. I did not know who those men were. Yeah, they were yeah, generally yeah, bad in the movie a... as well. Like, they served literally. What did they do? They walked Nothing. around a lot, looked menacing. There's a point where they're all staring at, like Kylo's putting back the helmet. And they're just all behind him, staring at him, doing it. And I'm like, they what? looked awesome. Yeah, they're the Boba Fett's of the of this uh, series. Oh yeah, they, they looked but cool. But even Boba Fett did more to, to be a badass. I know. Like, they did nothing. And why is one of them carrying like a giant meat cleaver? Like that—that that is his weapon. Like yeah. I just don't, like. Oh, I get that. Like, like a lightsaber can deflect like blaster, uh, blaster fire, but like a giant meat cleaver isn't gonna do fucking. Nothing. Why did they call them the Knights of Ren when they already had something in the expanded universe in the cartoons that had the last name Ren? And then J.J. Abrams has to come out and say that they are not connected in any sort of way. <laughs> oh, he's such a fucking dipshit. Like, it's annoying. Yeah. Like, yeah. we know that Sabine Wren is a character from Rebels. We know that she ends up being an extremely important figure in the history of Mandalore. We know that she's connected with stuff that happens at the end of uh, of the Mandalorian uh, sequence in some way, shape, or form through like that. I don't. I don't want to necessarily spoil. Careful, I haven't but... seen it. Yeah, there's there's something at the end of the Mandalorian that's that's connected to uh, to all of that in a in a very tangential oh, yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Well, I've seen but it. But like, it and we know her name is Sabine Wren. But then we get Kylo Ren, and it's not connected in any way. And the Knights of Ren. And it's not connected in any way, not even to Mandalore. Like it's it's like, but then you know he has to come out and say like, oh, there's multiple people with the same name in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, like, yeah. not everybody named Ted. Like that wasn't exactly what he said, but it was to that effect. It's like not everybody named Ted's, you know, related. How many, see, how many times do I have to tell you people that Johnny Skywalker is no relation <laughs> to Luke? I did see exactly. a tweet where like somebody put like she what is if really Leia said... she's not that palpable. <laughs> what, if, what if Leia at the end? Uh, sorry, Leia. What if right at the end of the movie when the old woman weirdly asks her what her last name was? Yeah, uh, she goes. She goes like Ray Solo, and then it just that ties into Solo somehow. 
Um, that would have made that, more sense. Also, it would have done. Yeah. Also, like, uh, this, just, I don't know. It would explain like, the, the way that she was raised. Ray Solo. Hey. Yeah. Oh. Just so dumb. Oh God, that's even worse now. But um, that was that was really good, Al. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. But um, yeah, no, that would have made more sense, especially because of the way that she looked to Han as like the first like father figure in her life. Yeah. You know, and like Luke was an asshole to her. And then just appeared and like was like, "Here's a boat, kid. Fly it to the fly it to your death. The Jedi are with you." Here, kid. Dude. I know I said last time that they were a dead religion and that they should stay dead and that they had a lot of problems and they were corrupt, but now we're okay with that. Yeah. Is there anything else that we truly like loved in in the movie? Yeah, there was something kind of cool with the uh, the light speed jumping. Yeah, because that was, that was cool. another. There was that was another thing that they took from the last Jedi that was like, oh, how do we like they they change the rules of how something works in this universe? How do we you know evolve that? Like how did so now they can track ships through light speed? The enemy can track sp- ships through light speed. So how do we? How do the rebels? You know the, these new rebels uh, outsmart the the Empire? And that I was didn't... one of the things you didn't what. I didn't really like that because it's kind of established that Poe is like the greatest like pilot in the galaxy, like or or ever. Yeah. Um, but then the, the Tie Fighter pilots behind him still were able to light speed skip equally well, as impressively because but, they can track him. I guess but it, so just, felt like, it just felt like it just felt a little diminished. Like if he'd done light speed skipping and managed to like. Get away! I just, I don't know. I just diminished. The, like it just felt like I, I, I just felt like they wouldn't have been able to get away because until all of the ships were destroyed because they were that's tracking right, yeah, active. Right, that's like, the, but that's the problem with the last Jedi thing about the ships tracking, right? It's like yeah. how do you get away from them now if they can track you without introducing some complicated of like oh there's a range on the amount of space where they can actually track you actively or like something stupid like the that. light speed wayfinder <laughs> exactly right like something stupid but i I, th- I thought it was a creative solution to to that is like now you have to escape but one of the best ways that you can escape is by throwing the enemy ships into like only a really good pilot could do it because yeah, you're being true. thrown into essentially random locations well, yeah you know and you have to be able to react to those faster do we know than whether those the locations that they go to like had any meaning in star wars universes or um, extended universes or whatever. I think one of the planets was supposed to be somewhere that we've been before, but I don't remember what it was. Yeah, I figured they might like do something like that, like Easter eggs for like people who knew like about like rebels or whatever. It might be a planet from one of them, wasn't it? It's called Tatooine, but this is a different Tatooine. It's in a different <laughs> solar system. It's not the same one. Not not no relation. This one has tree suns. So. <laughs> and Santiago is one of them. <laughs> I liked yeah. when they were in the cave and Ray took out her lightsaber and then uh, Poe took out his flashlight. That was adorable. Yeah, yeah C3PO in the in the in that cave, like when they were saying like Poe was asking everybody if they were okay and 3PO was like, 
I'm okay too if anybody like cares or whatever he said. C three PO's arc in this movie was like super cool until R two D two just fucking restored his memory anyway, and it was so yeah. fucking stupid and it made the whole thing fucking pointless. Like you're just well because like... they didn't have didn't they have a line that said oh R two definitely won't have yeah his his, his to do this yeah his backup is notoriously faulty. There's no way it'll yeah. work, and then it fucking works, and it takes it yeah. takes him back to like oh but he actually doesn't have all his memory. He doesn't remember the previous fifteen minutes or the last five things that he had for dinner. But other than that, he's uh, he's actually still see tribute like it was so yeah. fucking dumb like uh, you just i don't know it's so frustrating to see shit like that i guess most people won't care though i, I think genuinely if you like uh like transformers movies or stuff like that and you're not tied to that world in any way kind of i sent you like a text about like how i think it it felt like a transformers movie yeah because i like the transformers but they're like the more you think about any of those transformers movies the more you hate them because they're just fucking stupid um, yeah. But it's cool seeing Optimus Prime do Optimus Prime things and say Optimus Prime things. So that's kind of how I felt about this movie. Like it's cool seeing the characters that you love do things that you like. But like actually, when you think about why they're doing anything they're doing or or for what reason, you're kind of like, this this isn't great. Um, and it, and it, and it kind of like the whole three movies really felt like a sort of Fast and Furious Transformers. Like it didn't, I don't know. It just it they were fun. Like that, they're fun movies. Like coming out of Force Awakens, like I had a lot of fun. Like there's there's fun moments in Last Jedi, and then this movie there's there's fun moments. But I I don't think, I don't think I I like. I mean, do I like them? I guess I do. I but... think I think we like them, but we don't think that they're good. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah, then they're not they're not good. And I don't think any of them are really good because. I think we because we've seen Star Wars. I think that's basically what it is. We saw like, a New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. So these movies are essentially those movies, just worse. So you just come away with thinking, yeah. oh, that's why yeah. I find the Last Jedi good is because it's different and it does different things and it takes the things you thought you knew and it changes them. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I don't see, and that's that's where I disagree. Agree. I think like the and again, I feel like I'm repeating myself, but like the idea that it wants to do those things is awesome and excellent, and the most it's one of the most important things that they that Disney should have been doing. But I just think the execution isn't there. Yeah, it doesn't really work in the context of what if if JJ had made three movies, maybe they would have made more sense. I mean, they probably wouldn't have done because it's JJ. They would have been the same. Or if Ryan Johnson would have made three movies. You know, at least it would have been. I think they would have been better. I, be, I uh, bet you they they gave Ryan Johnson the movie in the middle because they fucking knew they knew full well that J.J. Abrams was just going to make the movies that we've already seen, and they were like, "We can't do that. We need a wild card in there so that he has something to react to for the third movie." And then, yeah. I, I bet you that's what happened. I mean, I don't. Because um, it was going to be I, I, Colin Trevorrow, wasn't it? The the yeah. Jurassic oh, thank God it wasn't him. To be honest, I, 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 <laughs> he's garbage. Um, is it like would it have been worse though? I don't know. <laughs> like, I think it yeah. just would have been the same bland. Here's fan it makes th- this movie makes me sad about two things, um, because I I didn't I didn't like the direction that that uh, JJ took with just like repeating the the same stories as before. Mm-hmm. Um, but because we did get two movies by him. I'm depressed that this movie made me wish that he had directed the second one as well, so that at least it was a bit more cohesive, if still boring, right? Mm. 
from a from a plot perspective because then at least like it would have been like a we wouldn't have had this like thing of like oh this is just trying to undo the movie before oh this movie's just trying to undo like well, i don't think we get the emperor if jj directs a second movie no but no, we just Kathleen Kennedy though. apparently added the the emperor. It was Kathleen Kennedy's idea to add the emperor. Oh, that's not JJ JJ Abrams came out and said that. I mean, way to like you know blame somebody else. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, I mean, that happened in the old canon as well. Like the problem was like, what do you do after Return of the Jedi? And the answer is you don't do anything involving the Skywalkers or the Empire after Return of the Jedi because that story had been tied up so beautifully yeah. and now we have this mess yeah. instead. I yeah. agree. Right? I, think, uh, I, I think the things that make uh, Solo and The Mandalorian and Rogue One so interesting is that they're kind of like these um, isolated cowboy outlaw stories on distant planets yeah. and that, like they're... I guess Rogue One is, is kind of strongly connected but like... Um, just the idea of... Well, there's no crazy high stakes. Like this movie felt yeah. fucking crazy. Like, the point, like, there's so many ships, and he's got Force Lightning, and he's able to do the... And it just felt like Avengers Endgame, like, too, it felt too big and too, too crazy, big. whereas those Where do you go from feel, now? Yeah, Where do you go they, now? Yeah. The Exegol stuff is fucking ridiculous. I like, it, is, it is ridiculous. It is absolutely is. fucking stupid, all of it. Like, if all of that stuff existed, he could have just done that in the first fucking place. Why is the First Order even... A, yeah, like, ah, oh, no, it's it's not it's not even worth it. It's just, it's garbage. It's, yeah. it's completely fucking worthless. Like, and... Uh, and it, the fact that, like, at the end of uh, Last Jedi and the beginning of this movie, it's established that, like... And and this is why, again, it's like, why, why didn't J.J. just direct the whole thing because then at least it would have been more cohesive he started off with the stupid first order and the resistance they're not the rebellion anymore they're the resistance and the first order is the old empire but now it's called the first order fine okay you did that but then in the second movie that gets undone and it's like no now the empire is essentially back they're still called the first order but now what what used to be the resistance is now a, a new rebellion so they're not the resistance anymore they're the rebellion now and then we get to this movie and it's just like and, and none of it matters or makes sense and like why do we care about any of it like the, the people identify with you know the the reb with the rebels or the the empire people put you know like patches on all of their 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 clothes and like get tattoos and stuff like have you seen anybody with like a first order tattoo no because the first order is freaking stupid it, and yes you will see people with those tattoos but there's also people with tattoos of Jar Jar Binks so like it's not the same thing I love like, like the, I love when people get a tattoo of like the latest like there are people who have like Doge fucking meme tattooed to them and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it, it's just it's all it's all garbage. It's all it's all garbage. And and really, what Disney should do is take a a long break, continue with the shows because the Cassian Andor show sounds interesting. Now that I've seen the end of Mandalorian, the last two episodes really got me back on the hype train for like the like the idea that the, these shows could be like actually pretty good. Uh, the idea of the Obi One show being like a miniseries and not actually like a continuing show that goes past one season is is really intriguing to me because it means they might dump more money into it. Um, that's that's all interesting. But when they come back to the movies, they should do something that's either so far in the past that it's like oh like the where where did the jedi come from you know or whatever or so far in the future or or just like so un it needs to be unrelated to the skywalker saga yeah it it needs to not have the empire in it 
it needs to not have the the resistance in it uh, you want to do something about the new republic fine but like do treat it the way that the mandalorian treats the new republic right it's just a thing that's there yeah they talk about the new republic but they don't really like engage with it in, in like a political way or if you are going to engage with it in a political way then that's fine but like just keep it away from the, the skywalker saga you can have force sensitive people but maybe stay away from jedis for a little bit unless you're gonna go old republic you know and and show us like what the the real old republic was was like right yeah it's it just you gotta you gotta get away from and i'm not saying get away from the aesthetic because mandalorian proved that you can and and rogue one also that you can do stuff within that timeline that doesn't feel like a complete rehash right yeah but and they can have like new and interesting ideas and and all of that stuff. But if if you're going to continue Star Wars and you're going to take a different approach to it, then do it outside of the context of this main series. Which I I'm glad that they're saying that the Skywalker saga is dead, but I'm I'm really worried that they are going to make essentially like Lucimore was kind of alluding that this was kind of like Endgame ish. I'm really worried about like the Marvelfication of Star Wars because then it won't feel like Star Wars anymore. Like, yeah. and it doesn't have to have the same aesthetic to look like it to be Star Wars, but like th- there's, there was an argument. I don't know that I fully agree with it. That one of the things that the Last Jedi was missing to feel like a really good Star Wars story is hope. That even at the end of Empire Strikes Back or during Strikes Back, there is a sense of hope that that permeates through all of like the the darkness, and that you know the Last Jedi didn't really have that in the same way or it, it, when it did it didn't quite feel the same way i don't know if i totally agree with that because i think at the end of the last jedi there is yeah you know a sense of of, of hope one of the last words in it is uh, the rebellion reborn and it, i i think it's pretty damn hopeful actually and i think the whole uh, no i'm not even gonna fucking get i think you and i are destined to do this forever yeah <laughs> I just I don't yeah. know I, there's no point in me like I I, I do I, I I just disagree with the statement basically. But... Oh no I'm not saying that I uh, like to reiterate I don't necessarily agree yeah, with that yeah, statement yeah. that's just something that you know like I've I've heard people argue and I and I've and I've read about I I do think that there is an element of hope in the in the Last Jedi does it feel the same is that part of why to me it doesn't feel necessarily like a like a Star Wars movie in the same way that this mess that is rise of skywalker does for some reason i don't know um oh speaking of uh messes and rise of skywalker <laughs> um uh, we, were, we were talking about things that we enjoyed i didn't mind the flashback. the flashback i thought i was gonna mind the flashback of luke and leia training together oh yeah and i thought I that didn't. was fine yeah, yeah yeah i thought that was fine it looked yeah. luke looked weird luke looked really young which is weird he, you know he was they were both really young yeah, but like he looked sort of like Empire Strike Back young. Do you know what I mean? Like the, the, the at the start of Empire Strikes Back, he looked like Mark Hamill after a car accident, and then he stays kind of young. And then by the Return of the Jedi, he looks like a forty-year-old. He should have been looking like a forty-year-old. Yeah, like they emphasized his baby face entirely. I, I feel, I feel like they deep faked uh, his face from a scene from one of the other movies. I guess. So just, I don't know. I've only seen it once, but in that moment, I just, he just felt looked like I thought, he looked too young. But I thought you know. Leia's face looked weirder. Leia looked weirdly CG. Mark Hamill's face looked like Mark Hamill, but like maybe. Oh, it looked like, like Mark like Hamill. A, it just looked like too. He just looked too young. Yeah, that's to me. That's a smaller gripe than like when they again pan to Leia 
and she <laughs> yeah. moves her helmet up and it's like whoa why why did they cg her couldn't they have like done the same thing couldn't they have yeah. just like grabbed her face from another scene and like it's it for sure it? a cool scene it just took me out of it a little bit in that moment where i was like oh luke looks like 20 year old luke rather than like 45 uh, I, I get what you're saying and and i appreciate your attention to detail i just thought that like uh that Leia's face looking so CG was more distracting than Luke's. Maybe that's why I didn't pay that much attention to Luke's face is because I was so distracted by Leia's face. Um, <laughs> yeah, I however, think that's a little bit of this movie, though. It's a little bit like oh, over here, distracting you with the like, you know, like you don't yeah. think about it. Don't think about it. Just, you know, there's something else going on. Like, don't think however, about it. Yeah. Again, using something in The Last Jedi, uh, a lot of people, myself included, hated the Carrie Poppins moment. And uh, this provided context for why that moment was okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I still don't like that scene because I think like it's filmed weird because uh, she does look like Mary Poppins. But, you know, having the context of like, no, not only was she trained, but she made like she had like a, a force vision and made a conscious decision, which seems like a very like Jedi kind of like old medieval knight kind of decision of like oh no i had like this this realization i'm going to lay down my sword and choose to abandon this path kind of right and i will not lift that sword again yeah and she does she she leaves her lightsaber and she gives it to luke and that, that, that scene luke at the end that. like when she uses leia's lightsaber um yeah. is very very cool but again yeah. it, it I don't like the fact that the Emperor keeps shooting lightning into his own fucking face. Like, he's he's done that three times. He's also ended... done the strike me down and join the dark yeah. side. Like, fucking, how many fucking... Like, this doesn't work, you dumb fuck. Like, well, yeah, <laughs> but that's the thing, is that he didn't want her to strike him down so that she would join the dark side. Like, he reveals afterwards that, he like, no, gonna he's gonna, like... Her, he's gonna... Yeah. S- become her. I, I know i know her. i'm not really talking about that i'm talking about his methodology like he, he's tried this numerous times now in numerous films and it has yeah. been unsuccessful thus far yet he still definition of back. insanity it, it's it's yeah. not it's like like you wouldn't even use the same line on tinder three times if it didn't fucking work like like <laughs> it's i don't know it's I, I just don't like the fact he's died three times nearly by using like lightning to his own face <laughs> like in the end of revenge of the sith he burns his own face off by doing the same thing against mace windu and then the end of empire uh return of the jedi he he basically does the same thing he gets in trouble by lightning luke to death nearly and vader's like ah fuck it um, like and then at the end of this movie like he just keeps lightning into the lightsabers until his fucking face burns off, and you're like, just stop doing the lightning, mate. It doesn't work. So, like the the, the original ending to this was that sh- after that whole thing, Ray was supposed to like ascend and become some sort of like force deity. Was is right. that like my understanding of like what the original ending was? And it just like didn't test well with audiences. I'm yeah, shocked been. to learn that it didn't test well with audiences. I don't know. Like, so the problem with that is that like. Um, that sort of relates to a lot of stuff that was explored in both the Clone Wars and uh, in um, uh, Rebels. But it, once again, like my same problem with Darth Maul showing up at the end of Solo, like my brother and I who watched Rebels uh, were the only three. There was like three people in the movie theater who were like, holy shit, that's awesome. And that's when I realized like, oh. Oh yeah, nobody's watched these cartoons. They don't even know that Darth Maul's still alive. They don't know like what he was doing. Yeah. They don't understand how this connects and why this makes sense. They don't have the context for it. So there's a lot of 
stuff that like does make sense for like a sort of force deity like being and the idea that somebody could like actually like ascend to that sort of point based on stuff that was in rebels and in in clone wars but nobody has the context for that so like of course it tested terribly because everybody was like what that's dumb yeah, also, um, like, there's enough it, Christ's imagery in Star Wars. Yeah, like, absolutely. We don't need more. Uh, do we think it's even a good title for the movie? No. Like, The Royal no. Skywalker? Garbage. Yeah. It should have been called yeah. The Rebellion Reborn. And I will I will stick to that forever. Because because I came up with it, so I like it. It should have been called Return of the Return. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it it should have been called uh, freaking movie. It should have been called the the first three lines from the opening crawl, all capital letters with an exclamation mark at the end. Star Wars <laughs> Episode Nine: The Dead Speak. <laughs> that was oh, God, that, that got off to a bad start. To be fair, yeah, really fucking um, bad. Like it is the exact same thing as it was all a dream. Episode Nine: Sith Wayfinder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. This. I, yeah, I don't know. There's so many fucking cool titles that you can make out of Star Wars movies really easily, and The Rise of Skywalker is not one of them. You could have, uh, you could have made cool titles out of this one. I'm sure if we like actually like workshopped it for like five minutes, we could come up with a better title. I'm not saying that we should do that, but like, it's totally possible. There were a lot of interesting ideas in this movie. Not all of them got touched on, you know, properly. Not all of them got explored. I'd actually say that most of them didn't. But like. But you could say that for the first movie as well. One of the things about The Last Jedi that's awesome is the title. The Last Jedi is an awesome title. Yeah. I mean, if this so movie was actually called The Last Jedi, it kind of would have made a lot more sense. Yeah, and if the yeah. other one was called The Rise of Skywalker, it probably would have made more sense as well. Yeah. That's true. It should have been that's called absolutely true. Star Wars Episode Nine: A Good Day to Star Wars. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um... Would you even rank these movies above, like, at, like from Force Awakens to obviously to assume that, like, it, uh, you know, A New Hope, Empire, Return of the Jedi are the the kings pinnacle yeah. of those movies? Would you rank these above the prequels in your own mind? Yes. I'm so conflicted on that because I think now that we have the whole picture of what everything is, I feel like in a lot of ways these are much better movies. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, like the the core ideas of what were in the prequels. Okay, long story short, yes, these are better than the prequels. They're they're they just are. The prequels are a, a mess, and the the just like the the quality of, of like even just like the dialogue. Anakin, you're breaking my heart. Like you took a like some really excellent actors, and they look like garbage in those movies they're... just because of the, the the direction is terrible and the dialogue is terrible. And like forget the CG and how crappy it looks in a lot of those movies. It's just like it's just badly done. So yeah, these these are technically above the the prequels. Uh, I, I but like the fact that I'm even like considering that they might not be in some respects is problematic. For Disney, yeah, and plus these ones don't have Watto, so you know, you know, to balance. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, exactly. I was watching uh, Revenge of the Sith, as I've mentioned about twenty fucking times. This is a line from it: Anakin, you are so beautiful, Padme. It's only because I'm so in love, Anakin. No, no. It's because I'm so in love with you. <laughs> fucking Christ <laughs> almighty. I mean, that's good stuff. My fucking... When I was about 13 years old and I had to write essays for creative writing and stuff like that, my dialogue was fucking way better than this. 
Oh my god! I love the, so the, the one that always gets uh, quoted from Clone Wars: the sand. I hate sand. Yeah, I know. It's gross. Oh, it gets everywhere. But that's like I hate his delivery of it. Also, it's like you took bad dialogue and then you gave it to Hayden Christensen with a bad director, and you made it deliver him deliver it in like the weirdest way possible. They do that with everything because in the prequels, there's no context. Sorry, like there's no outside world in what they're doing they're not talking while they're doing stuff so there's no other just action sitting in a, it's just but they're also sitting in a green screen room like exactly in, in a, yeah yeah, yeah. Like, that's what i was gonna say the so actors don't even know what they're, they're doing. just standing there in front of a green screen and they're told to read lines that's it there's no other action like there's no like nothing is happening there's no like i, I don't know there's no sense of anything it's just maybe, maybe younger actors are more used to it because or maybe it just depends on the type of actor but i remember watching the um extended edition of uh the first hobbit movie and they were i was watching like the special features and it was one of the featurettes that they were talking about ian mckellen and how he had like a breakdown on set because in the original lord of the rings movies uh, all of the scenes with Bilbo at Bilbo's house were done using forced perspective. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that too. You know, so like they were actually like in the same space. So he was actually talking to another actor. Whereas this, they had two sets. They had one set to Gandalf scale that was all green screen. It wasn't real. It was just like blocks that were roughly the same size and in the same place. Uh, and he was by himself. And then next to him was the actual set for the room to scale for the dwarves and, and, and Hobbit. And they were supposed to be acting at the same time. And Ian McKellen was just like, I can't do it. Like, this isn't what acting is. And like, you, you think about something like that with an actor who is as talented as he is and who has as much experience as he does, even experience with special effects. Like he was Magneto, right? Like, so he's not a stranger to special effects. And you think about like all of these actors in the original and not in the original, but in the prequel trilogy, and you look at the footage of filming and they are just in like like green rooms or or blue rooms yeah. and they're all kind of like talking to each other but without any context for anything that's happening around them and it's like, i think the point you're making here is that if they'd had practical effects or really shot on location you're saying the prequels would have been better than these movies that's what you're saying no i'm not saying that but i mean I'm that's that, what like, you said and then that's 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 <laughs> what's happening no i'm i'm saying that like at least maybe there even with the crappy dialogue and with a crappy direction there might have been more of a connection between the characters because they would have been more connected to their environment yeah. like things would have looked more i don't know it, like maybe i'm uh, like now th this is bad man these new <laughs> movies are turning me into a prequel apologist these new movies are breaking your heart anakin they're breaking my heart, L. They're breaking. No, I I think at the end of the day they they are better than the the than the prequels, but not from like a storytelling perspective, uh -huh. and that's sad. Yeah, I, I I think I agree with that. But they're definitely better movies. Like I would sit down and watch these over and over and over, and I can only watch the prequels at Christmas time. <laughs> and, that's fair. And I still fair. watch them over and over and over. So I don't really know how much of what I just said is true, but. I don't know. I just feel like every time I watch, like I I watched um, Force Awakens recently, and I was like, eh, you know what? Like at the end of the day, like it wasn't it wasn't too bad, and and there was lots of problems with it, sure, but like it was entertaining, and I I enjoyed watching it. And then uh, around Christmas, I was uh, at Justine's house, and 
Return of the Jedi, or sorry, not Return of the Jedi, Empire Strikes Back came on, and I was watching Empire Strikes Back. Now, to be fair, Empire Strikes Back is the best out of all of the movies, yep. arguably. Um, but I was watching that, and I was just like, holy shit. Like, the, the new movies do not hold a candle to this. Like, the storytelling is so simple and, and straightforward, but it's made compelling by good writing. Like, the, not a, there isn't, like, a lot that happens in The Empire Strikes Back. It's a it's a pretty simple plot. It's pretty straightforward, but it's made interesting by the situations that the characters are put in, how they deal with those situations, and how they react to to, to like the emotional stimulus that they're given as characters. You know, and like I just I think the closest we get to that in this series uh, is uh, Ben's redemption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I really you know? really like that. And, it is, it, and also the best part of these new. I movies. I really fucking hated Kylo Ren when I saw The Force Awakens. I actually thought that yeah. it was garbage, and uh, and I was like, I was just thinking to myself, like, oh my god, they're actually doing like they're taking from the prequels the fucking emo Anakin shit. And then, um, I know that we yeah. don't all agree on this point, but I really think that the Last Jedi did wonders for uh, his arc too, because I think that. In Force Awakens, he's completely evil. Last Jedi, he gets a little bit more hazy and cloudy and, and shades of grey. And his vision becomes a little bit more clear, too, that he doesn't just want the same thing that every fucking Sith guy wants. He wants something different. And that's, like, kind of the source of his strife and his conflict. And then in the third one, it all comes to fruition in, like, a, a really good way. I think he's the only guy who gets a properly completed arc in the whole thing. Yeah. Um, you could argue Ray did, but I don't really think it was done satisfactorily at all. Yeah, no. I think Ray was a little bit rushed because yeah. you kind of get to the point where Ray's OP really early, and then she doesn't really learn a great deal, really, because she's already like morally, she's already the 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 character from which she always makes the correct choice. Like she'll do the good thing. Like there's no sort of like, is she really going to do the bad thing here? No, not really. Yeah. Um, well, and so, Empire Strikes Back, Luke makes a mistake. He when he goes after the the um after to to save Han and Leia, it's actually a trap. Yeah, you know, and he's kind of inadvertently like the reason that Han gets captured. Yeah, he's just too headstrong that like he makes the, he, he has yeah. to learn from that, and that's like yeah. proper development. She never has that moment, but also as much as you know, L, I sort of agree with you with Kylo and like his development. I it's it didn't go as far as I wanted it to go in in the Last Jedi, but like. I, I, I get where you're where you're coming from that and I and I kind of agree with you. But like Ray was given nothing yep. in The Last Jedi. She didn't get anything. Hey, do I agree with that? She she I, I don't think she was given anything to do except for like kind of train lay to mother to But she didn't really train either. Like Luke just like told her that the Jedi were all full of garbage and shit and that they were bad. Uh, and that he doesn't believe in them anymore, and so he doesn't want to train her as a Jedi, but he sort of is like, okay, I'll help you control the Force. But then, you know, she has her, her moment of, like, dark side, and he's like, no, you're, you're, you're too out of control, or, like, whatever. And, like, then she leaves. Did you know that um, when she does the lightsaber fight with the rock, where she cuts the thing off and it falls on top of the... You know that scene when, on the... Yeah. On the... Um, when you said that, I was like, Dwayne Johnson was in. 
<laughs> but um, it's just off camera. Her her choreography in that scene is mirrored by Luke when he appears as the Force version of himself on the salt later on. Um, mm. I think I, I think that that's super fucking cool, and I think it just kind of says something about the kind of air of Jedi power that she gained while on that island um the fact that she does something and then luke does the same thing later like i think that that's really cool but yeah i don't know that doesn't really counter your point i just wanted to point it out because it's a good thing about the last jedi that is neat yeah yeah they did the same thing i noticed like when luke fought kylo on on crate like the ghost luke he had like a fighting style where he ducked and weaved and like moved uh, sort of like fluidly with within that uh, and then when Kylo Ren is fighting at the start of the movie, and then when he fights the Knights of Ren at the end, when he gets a lightsaber, he does that same duck and weave and sort of bot yeah. like he moves his head in a way that like looks like Luke in that moment. And it's kind of like oh, that's cool that like maybe they've done that accidentally or maybe they've done that on purpose. But if they've done it on purpose, that's kind of cool to suggest that like Luke's his master and that's that's his Jedi like that's his fighting style. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um. Or they did it by accident because they didn't really thought, think about it. In which case, that's continuity, I guess, because they didn't think about anything. So, it's kind no, of that's cool. that, that's a that's a really good um, thing. Uh, I'm I'm glad you mentioned that. I didn't notice that, but uh, now I'm gonna have to, to watch that again. That was a that's a good show. I feel like I I, I have gained an inch here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't don't give me too much. Yeah. No, no, no. Like I, I there, look, and I've said it since the beginning. There are things about the Last Jedi that I really like. I know, I, I know. Just I'm just don't I'm, like the writing I'm just as a whole. Being facetious, you know? really. And 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 it's not even like I don't want people to get the wrong idea. Like uh, Ryan Johnson, I don't think he's a bad director or a bad writer either. I just don't like the way that the that yeah. This I don't think the Last Jedi was well written. I don't know how much control he had over that, or if it was just like such a daunting task. I went to see Knives Out the other day, uh, and Knives Out is really freaking good. Yeah, it's got sensational scores. But well, would we then suggest that, like, if Kathleen Kennedy came in on the Rise of Skywalker and was like, "You fucking must have the Emperor because the Emperor is a fucking baller," maybe she did the same thing with Last Jedi, in which well, case. JJ is actually talking has talking JJ has talked about how um about how what hamstrung he has been by the whole Disney process how much that he had to fight for how much they wanted in and it it yeah. does seem like they're pretty heavy handed in what in their demands and and I think that that's also why they went with someone like Ryan Johnson because traditionally in Hollywood when they give big huge blockbuster movies to traditionally independent directors it's because they can make them do whatever they want to do like that's how david fincher got to direct aliens tree is because they just wanted yeah. someone to stand behind the camera while they told him all of the beats that you're supposed to hit and it's the same reason why a lot of like the people who direct marvel movies are like actually i'm not going to commit to that opinion because i'm i haven't researched it in quite a while but it's the reason why it's the reason why trevorrow got the jurassic park movie like he went from that aubrey plaza uh, safety not guaranteed they're thing. yes men yeah yeah it's not even that it's just or that they yes don't have people. the experience to like you know what i mean it's because nobody is going to turn down like when you've just like kind of broken even on a project where you've spent like five hundred thousand dollars of a studio budget and you've you've gotten like you know your 725k back as as ryan johnson did with a movie like monsters or or 
whatever, like Colin Trevorrow with safety not guaranteed. I don't know the finances behind that. But then, like, someone huge comes along and says to you, we want you to direct our our family-friendly franchise that is one of the most highest-grossing things that has dominated the landscape of cinema over the last 30 years, you're going to fucking right. say yes, irrespective of who they yeah. are and what it is. And It's the same, like, if, they, if they'd hired, like, Guillermo del Toro or Tarantino, yeah. it wouldn't work simply because Tarantino or del Toro would just tell them to fuck off when they interfered with the script or whatever. Also, you know what I mean? Well, no, so, and they, they, they would have not taken the job. And, well, and yeah, a yeah. lot of directors didn't take the job because a lot of people were offered Star Wars reportedly before J.J. Abrams and they turned it down, yeah. you know, but the, and the, here's the thing where it's like, I don't think J.J. Abrams is a bad director no. or a bad storyteller necessarily. I, think, so. I think he's a corporate shill. Yeah, he absolutely is. And I think he does what the boardroom dictates. At the same time, I think that J.J. Abrams, um, you know, has a clearer idea than Ryan Johnson about what like the spirit of Star Wars is, what like the feeling of Star Wars so is. So I agree with that point entirely, but I think that JJ Abrams is based on the originals and Ryan Johnson has it, but it's based on the prequels. That's fair. I you know what? That that's fair. I I can see that being the the case. Yeah. yeah. I agree too. Um I I'm telling you like until I saw Knives Out I I didn't know how to feel about Ryan Johnson, but like it's just like he's he's a good director. I just don't think he made a good Star Wars story. I'm a huge or, or, fan of his. You know, I I, I I didn't like what he did with Star Wars, but it, that's that's the thing is like you can you can appreciate something or or someone um, and also not like something that they did. You don't have to like everything that somebody did. And the same way that like you can be a huge Star Wars fan and you know pretty much just like the original trilogy and and rogue one and sort of the mandalorian and, and <laughs> i think at this point like. that's kind of what we are right like i would say so like i mean i'll, I'll watch the prequels whenever on, they're on tv i don't think they're good it's the same with like force awakens it's it's a new hope and it's yeah. worse it's uh, a yeah, so, hope. um wait i made a mistake an old hope i said um I said Ryan Johnson directed Monsters, but that was Garrett Edwards, who is the guy who directed Rogue yes. One, I want to say. Meant Lu- Did you mean Looper? Yeah. Uh, no, no, I was just thinking of a different, formerly independent director who got big and got a Star Wars movie. Uh, Gareth Edwards, um, I would have liked to see his original cut of Rogue One, because some of the problems that I know when we talked about it, and I said, like, the beginning of Rogue One is really choppy, um, that it's come out later that that was part of the reshoots that like they wanted to, to, to change stuff that he had done at, at the beginning. Um, so I'd be really interested in seeing like what his original layout was. And I know Gary Whitta did like the, the primary script writing for, for rogue one. So like, and he's mentioned before that like there were some differences in the beginning and in the end. Um, but like I don't, it, it got rewritten a few times as well. Like more and more people had their their fingers in that pie, and I think that's a like that's a, another problem. Like reshoots and getting another director to help out isn't unheard of. But I feel like it's happened way more with start with these new Star Wars movies under Disney than like anything else. Yeah, and I think I that's an indication that you have a problem in your production, you know, line. Like how you're producing these films, there's something broken there, because that shouldn't be happening. Uh, with the the consistency that it's happening with these Star Wars films, the, they should yeah. really uh, follow suit with what they've done with Marvel, with the Marvel Council and all that stuff, and they should set up a, a Jedi Council. Um, 
and, yeah. and fill it with yes. like literally fill it with people like you two who fucking know everything that there is to know about Star Wars and like what would be like well, th- Dave Filoni right who who's working on uh, on Mandalorian well, yeah, I mean same as Favreau like Favreau like is a big Star Wars fan apparently like and he's directed has he directed every single episode of the Mandalorian so far no 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 no, no. every almost every episode was a different director but he he and Filoni produced all of the he episodes. Wrote, did he like they wrote say he was involved obviously in most of it wasn't he but um yeah, I would be involved, opposed, like, involved in writing something with Dave, like with Filoni to write it as well. Like, oh, you know, I, th- I think should they leave it like five or ten years though? Like, I don't really want another Star Wars movie like in the next. I do. I few just. Years. I do. I just don't want to be. I don't want it to be tied to the Skywalkers, and I don't think that it will be. But I, like, I think that Ryan Johnson's trilogy has so much potential because he did things in the Last Jedi that we'd never seen before and stuff like that. And I, I think like his take on the Star Wars universe is is slightly more like fantastical and magical, um, in a way that we kind of need instead of one that plays it safe. And, and... are they still doing that though? Because they were going <sighs> to give a Star Wars to the Game of Thrones directors. The party line well. is that they're still doing it, but the reality is that no one has heard anything about it for a long time, and Ryan Johnson just made yeah. Knives Out, and I guess... But you know what? If Ryan Johnson is going to do it, then freaking awesome. But give him, like, years to write a story yeah. Yeah. that makes sense. Give him years to, to write a trilogy that makes sense. And that way, like you know he might be able to and not that he has to do this or anything but like he might actually be able to redeem himself in the eyes of star wars fans who hated the last jedi like uh, you know and i wouldn't say i hated the last jedi i have a lot of problems with it but like there are people who are like like actively boycotting anything he touches because of what he how like how he oh like perverted star wars or like whatever that's horseshit in their lives it's it's horseshit (laughs) right like if you give him time and you remove him from the limitations of like the 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 tone and everything of like the Sky, the Skywalker saga in particular cuz Mandalorian feels like Star Wars but it has no John Williams it has no Jedi in it uh and it has you know like it, it it's a it's a western in a way that like goes beyond how the original movies were westerns like Tonally, it's it's kind of a different take, you know. Another thing is, and yet, sorry, it's similar enough. Like it's it's familiar but different, you know. It's not a rehash of something that we've seen before. The original is also pulled from like so many different realms of science fiction, like from like Flash Gordon, like even like Dune. I think like I think A New Hope is like owes a lot to Dune that uh, I yeah. don't really see ever Seven Samurai about. yeah yeah Seven Sam- yeah all of those kinds of things yeah the uh, Akira Kurosawa but these uh, these, films. these new Star Wars movies are just pulling from Star Wars exactly right and we we need and I think that's a that's a that's an interesting point that you made about like Ryan Johnson that like uh, if he can do something with the with something that's like not related to the Skywalker saga but is pulling from different influences right like what would like a, a, a like what would a noir star wars story be yeah, like? yeah i know like i really want to see like taking like place taking place in uh you know um oh my god what's the name of the the city planet uh coruscant oh yeah yeah Cur- taking place in coruscant you know like corrupt underbelly crime you know like whatever what would uh what does that look like if you have like a like a sort of like what does a detective look like in the Star Wars universe like they wouldn't be like obviously like a detective 
but they would be doing something similar. Like, what does that look yeah. like? What how, what does that approach to like solving crime? Like, you know, it doesn't even have to be a detective. Like, look at look at uh, like Blade Runner. Blade Runner is like classic neo noir, which is hilarious. That's something can be classic and neo at the same time. Um, <laughs> but it is a noir film, right? But it's done in a sci-fi context. Dude, can we do something similar can you fucking, with Star can Wars? Can you imagine if they gave Denis Villeneuve a fucking uh, Star Wars movie? <laughs> I wish. It would be absolutely fucking insane. But that's the other thing. Like Denis Villeneuve is a different caliber of director than anyone who has touched Star Wars. Yeah. Like we haven't had someone of that caliber touch a Star Wars film. Like we just haven't. And and I I wonder what that could look like, right? Yeah. But it is also what you're saying. Like they might demand too much creative control. They might make it too different. They might, you know. And also, like it's it's under the Disney umbrella now, isn't it? So you kind of think how far. I mean, I say that like the last couple of episodes of The Mandalorian, I think, have been dark in a way that I wasn't expecting, and they've been sort of um kind of violent in a way I wasn't expecting either like for a I Disney love... plus show yeah but they they do clever they're clever about it like um, I've only seen the first two episodes but like it's um oh he disintegrates the Jawas so that you know no one gets mutilated on screen yeah. I know a guy did get yeah. sawed in well, half by a door it's, but... it's pretty awesome because A it's a reference yeah, to the, Empire to Strikes the Back. no disintegrations yeah. line right but also the gun that he uses to do it is from the holiday special oh no way <laughs> Wow. Yes, it is. It's the gun that Boba Fett has during the holiday special. Jeez. Like, it's it's freaking awesome. Like, they, but this is what I'm talking about. Dave Filoni and and John Favreau know yeah. Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, yeah, they're nerds too. You like, know? in I'm, I'm I don't mean that as a pejorative term. I mean like they are. Yeah. Sorry, they are embedded in the lore. Or, or... Exactly. Uh... It's good stuff, and and they they pull from the lore, and and they understand the lore, and that's the thing is like. That one of the things that people have said before is like, um, you know, like it's not Star Wars unless it's John Williams. But The Mandalorian has such a different type of soundtrack, and yet it still works. Like I still feel like I'm watching a Star Wars yeah. film. It's like, why is that? There's like, there's something there. There's a kernel there of what Star Wars is, and it has nothing to do with it being a Mandalorian and the armor, although that helps. And it has nothing to do with the references to the to the other films or to the cartoons or whatever. But that helps, right? Like, there's something there, and and I think it has to. It's like a. It's like, is it a tonal thing? Is a is it is it partially an aesthetic thing? Like, is that why the prequels felt a little different? Like, I I don't know, but like now we have the prequel. And now we have these new films, and we have the originals, and we have the cartoons. How do we bridge all of those tonal variances into something that we can now say, like, okay, I guess this is Star Wars now, right? Because, like, we we can't keep making stuff in the original trilogy time era. Yeah. Like, we need to eventually move past that. Yeah, and and it, like it shouldn't be too or do hard. We? I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because you could have something that just takes place like millions of miles away or whatever. Um, but yeah. even like or just a smaller scale story. Like if we do a noir film about like some sort of like enforcer on on Coruscant, like yeah. that doesn't need to be a huge story. Yeah, there could be stormtroopers there. Yeah, there could be Empire there. Like, but it doesn't need to like involve them in the same way. <laughs> it doesn't have to have R two D two and C three PO. It could actually show them in a different context as like, you know, what if this main character, this investigator who's solving a crime is an Imperial, is Imperial, 
I bet any money that in ten years' time we get a story about why the dagger in this movie <laughs> was relevant. By JJ. Yeah. 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 Um, the dagger was relevant because there was actually like where that dagger originally was there was a sword and if you held the sword up to the particular uh <laughs> desert where that sword yeah. was then you could find the dagger that's exactly it yeah, yeah. but it has to be bigger right because it has to be the same but bigger yeah. this sword yeah. can kill 10 planets in yeah one and wheel. all planets have 50 of these yeah. swords uh, but it's like stuff that doesn't even make sense like why and I know we're just talking about Star Wars in general now but like why did Starkiller Base have to uh, and I think we mentioned this when we talked about Force Awakens why did Starkiller Base had to be like a laser that like shot out energy and blew up planets why couldn't it just we already had the idea that it harnessed power from the sun what if it just ate suns Yeah. and then every planet in that system would die yeah, because J.J. Abrams is like this, but and then a it, new hope. It uses that power. It uses that power to sustain its atmosphere and to move around. And then it's sort of like the Death Star, but it's like a natural progression of like you know, like how does a weapon evolve from that? Do you know that the the planet that uh, Starkiller Base is on was revealed to be the planet Ilum, which uh, in the Clone Wars uh, is confirmed to be. Uh, the planet where kyber crystals yeah. are uh, gotten by the um, by a Jedi Padawan who are constructing their own lightsabers. I actually genuinely did know that. I read that somewhere. It, it's interesting, but why is that information like outside of the films? Because it connects to the lore, like because I think, these, I think also it explains stuff better. I know why it's outside, yeah. but they, of the they're films. so afraid of explaining. It's stuff. because somebody, J.J. Abrams, was doing a Q and A, and someone asked him, "Hey, does this thing uh, it mean this? Because that would make perfect sense." And Abrams just goes, "Yes, that yes, <laughs> yeah. it does." Yeah, that's exactly yeah. it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't. Th- I don't think Star Wars is ruined, and I don't think it's broken. I, I think the the TV shows, if they can, because my problem with the Mandalorian is the length of the episodes and the quality of storytelling right up until the last two episodes to me was like uh, problematic. Um, oh yeah, I mean, I don't want to go too much into the Mandalorian, no, but L's got like. He's got yeah. the amazing Stargate SG One episodes to come, which is great. You know, he look, look forward to that. There's, there's no, there's no plot until the last two episodes, and then the last two episodes, you're like, oh, okay, now we we spent an entire season setting up a a world and like an idea and a concept and a theme. My problem with the Mandalorian Fine. is there are too many Mandalorians in it. Yeah. Hey, one thing, one other thing I want to say because I actually really need to go to sleep shortly. Um, the scene in the Rise of Skywalker when all of the allies arrive through the clouds really reminded me yeah. of the scene in Serenity when all of the Reavers fly through the crowds to disrupt the uh, fucking. What, what I actually reminded me of was just on your left. And it made me think, oh, they've just like Marvel did that in Endgame yeah. so much better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and That's this was just, and, and then when Lando comes in, and he's like, "Hey, I'm Lando." Yeah, okay, I cool. want to fuck my. That's a pretty good Lando. Yeah. Well, he's with her again in Falcon, so. Yeah, that's true. 
Oh Christ, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But um, yeah. but it it looked a lot like when the when the reavers fly through the clouds at the end of Serenity. It looks a lot like when the the at the end of the first Mass Effect game also. That I have not seen. You know, it, it, it's like I don't know. It like visually was it interesting? Yeah. Uh, there was there was some cool stuff in there too, like the the ghost, the the ship from Star Wars Rebels is in that fleet. Is the same captain there? Maybe I don't I know. I feel like she, this is, is one of those things alive? where you know where you pause the the Senate scene in like um, Revenge. Is it Revenge of the Sith or like uh, oh, with Attack the of the Clones? Yeah, like you pause the scene and then you think there's ET. There's like somebody. Else. I feel like we'll pause that scene and then we'll like there's, there'll be Ecto one in that fucking scene. <laughs> there'll be yeah. fucking, there's Nike Air Max like, over there just flying through the sky. Yeah. Wouldn't it be awesome if this was all revealed? This is the Iron just Giant. Be like uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But wouldn't it be like crazy if this was all revealed to just be part of? Uh, this wasn't actually Star Wars. These weren't actually Star Wars movies. These were part of Ready uh, Player One. Ready Player yeah. One. Yeah. <laughs> It would definitely make more sense. Dude, I, I saw that movie and I was expecting to fucking hate it, but like, it's pretty good. Wow, no one here agrees with me when I said that. I mean, it's yeah. Spielberg, it's, but it's, it? So it's... It, like, I watched it on a plane or whatever, but like, it, it is it is absolutely fine viewing. I would watch it again. I, was ex- I mean, yeah. is it better than Rise of Skywalker? I mean, most yeah. things oh. <laughs> are better than the Rise of Skywalker, I feel. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I and I just, I, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, the, it's like we said at the beginning, the movie was entertaining, but ultimately, like, it's a bad movie. Yeah. But the entire trilogy is bad, and even like, <laughs> you like, Elle, you you like the the Last Jedi, but does the Last Jedi hold a candle to even any of the original trilogy i have a really weird and i think that this is like um i i I really don't think that i actually am analyzing the last jedi in an intellectually honest way at all i think that mostly what i'm doing is um trying to fight back against the wave of just sexist and racist reasons that people have for not liking it because the first reviews that I saw yeah. of The Last Jedi were from people who have no right to be reviewing anything to do with movies. People like Sargon of Akkad and Absolutely. Dave Rubin and Ben Shapiro and stuff like that. And so, for me, the movie has always just been painted negatively in this anti-SJW kind of light by people. And I think that when I yeah. when I talk about it, I've just I've just intellectually been pushed into into the position of having to rationalize and defend everything about it. And, um, yeah, it is weird that you end every Last Jedi rant, rant when you like support it with fuck Ben Shapiro, which is kind of weird. <laughs> that you end it with that. Um, no, I get it. I, I get it. And he's not wrong. I, it, um, I saw like yeah, no, I I just like I guess I was where I was going with that was that like even the best, whichever movie of these you think is the best, which whichever of these movies you think is the best, who whoever you are in the world listening to this, whichever of these new movies you think is the best. Is it actually like comparable to the prequels in terms of like coherent storytelling? By by and prequels, you mean? I mean, I would originals. argue no. The, the originals, yeah. sorry. Um, the originals. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree it, with you. You you are a hundred percent correct in that, I, and I don't think that any sane person would argue otherwise, unless it was for some other like nefarious reason. Like, um, I I could I could see why a why a woman why a young girl would prefer to watch the movies with Ray 
rather than the movies that have two women in, in all nine hours of them. So. Yeah, no, that's and that's fair, right? And I think there's there's things there that we have to take out of it, but I also think like we shouldn't be happy with what we got, no. <laughs> right? And I think Star Wars fans have a right to be upset, and the idea that they're all whiny babies who are like ruining the fandom by being fans is, I think, like bad. Like I I, I think that's actually like spin that's being put on on this whole thing. If you look at the audience scores for uh, the Last Jedi and for Rise of Skywalker, and you look at the critic scores. The critic scores for uh, for uh, the Last Jedi were extremely high, and the fan scores were extremely yeah. low. And for this movie, which we all, which we as fans admitted is not a good movie, the critic scores were extremely low, and the fan scores were pretty damn high. Right? What does that tell you? Because this movie did have a lot of the like quote unquote SJW stuff, like. It didn't go into a lot of depth explaining why Ray is ultra powerful with barely any training whatsoever. Like it, it didn't provide enough explanation for a lot of the things, right? It, it still had strong female characters. Uh, it, it still did a lot of stuff that like people were complaining about in the other movies, and yet the fan score is still high. So I'm sorry, it's not the people who are, uh, you know, like oh fuck all this SJW stuff that are ruining the the last Jedi scores it's the fact that like a lot of Star Wars fans didn't like it they they alienated a large portion of their audience and you know this movie's bad also and yet the fans liked it and i'm saying that's also problematic that's where i'm going with this is that that's also problematic the fact that this has like an 87 or whatever on rotten tomatoes fresh from fans is like I think laughable. We shouldn't be happy with this, I, right? We should be demanding more from these movies. I think that, um, I think that the the fan score of any movie is automatically skewed when people perceive some kind of political or um, identitarian vibe from it. Um, and a great example, like I, I think, some great examples of movies this, where the critic this movie still had that. Yeah, but nowhere near. Yeah, right. But this movie is seen by a lot of the people who who decried the the forced diversity in the Last Jedi. This movie is seen as a return to form. Also, the fact that they uh, pretty much wrote Rose out of the movie that's going to please a lot of the, the, those types of people. Um, and any time that there's a movie that walks along those lines in the internet culture war that's been going on, there's always a huge discrepancy in the critic score and the audience score. And you can point to pretty much any movie where anyone has talked about social justice issues in the interviews and promo for it. Like you can go from the, the Ghostbusters remake to even Joker, which has like lukewarm. Well, let's say it's got favorable critic scores, um, but the audience score is like 100% because, because uh, Todd Phillips came out and said, a bunch of shit about how you can't make comedy anymore because the SJWs will come get you and then automatically everybody just loves it and that's the lens that they watch the movie through and it's like the perfect combination of like all of those kinds of things that lead to the skew in audience scores and critic scores you also have like fucking like every week in the build up to The Last Jedi 4chan users having all sorts of um campaigns to go online and assault the ratings of the movie the same thing happened with ghostbusters like i just don't trust if any movie is embroiled in this kind of culture war stuff you can just fucking forget about the yeah. audience score because it's not accurate what counts as fresh does six out of ten count as fresh no. like i it's usually like the it's usually like something high like 70 something onwards i'm pretty sure Right, because I wouldn't give the if this if I was to rate this movie out of ten, I don't think I'd give it above a six. 
I don't even know whether I'd give it a six. I, it's not. Good. I don't even know if I could rate the movie honestly because yeah, like I just feel like at, it's not really yeah, a movie. as a movie it's fucking garbage. But as a as a, it's a collection yeah of as scenes. a collection of scenes that hit like all of the dopamine receptors in my nostalgia craving brain, then it's it's very good and almost close to perfect. I would argue. Um, so it's really strange. It just Star Wars is one thing that I just can't really honestly assess because I'm so biased towards it and I'm so protective over it. Yeah. And I will do anything that I can to find ways to like it. So it's like, I don't know. It's just really hard to be honest about it. I think. I don't know. I, I think we have a lot to look forward to with like the 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 shows, and I think if they can invest more time and money and budget and 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 just in 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 everything into into the shows. Um, then I I don't know I've been wondering for a while if like the future of Star Wars isn't in like smaller stories being told on a smaller screen yeah. which is unfortunate because of like Star Wars like is you know it should be spectacle and it should be yeah, big and everything but like maybe we've, we've we've had too much of that now maybe like especially with like like you guys are saying and Lucemore was saying like the, the stakes in this movie were ridiculous yeah. like how do you top that how do you go above that you can't so you have to tell smaller stories and one of the products of having smaller stories is that like they have to be a bit more creative in order to to actually like you have to give a crap about them yeah you know and and give a crap about the characters so maybe that's a better thing the, like cassian andor emerged as a character that some people were like eh, you know cassian andor like i don't know how i feel about him or like whatever or like he wasn't that interesting in rogue one i thought he was interesting in rogue one but like now the idea of like he said that he had done a lot of things that he regretted right and he wanted to make good for that we get to see that now. yeah and so what is this cassian andor show going to be is it going to be kind of like a spy thriller where like there's a lot of like morally questionable shit being done by the rebels because that's interesting almost certainly you know? because we've already seen that from him yeah I, and i think that's actually like a really interesting place to to, to take star wars yeah, right I agree. because because then you are doing something different you're taking the rebels who were like seen as just like oh the good guys and you are questioning how much of that is in a, in a more extensive way than rogue one did and right the the, the obi-wan series it's like where is that gonna go what are they doing there because i I would say like the obi-wan series could be like a story about questioning fate you know obi-wan is alone on this planet for a really long time like wouldn't it be awesome to have like this old night story about like him like like having like a breakdown on this planet of just like questioning his path as a jedi and like even his commitment to staying there with with luke and and like his commitment to 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 the jedi religion and and you know like their philosophies and stuff like that actually seems really interesting i hope it's 10 episodes of him like and the whole arc is him just trying to develop the scream to scare the sand people away (laughs) (laughs) yeah how does he know so much about sand people yeah because there's fuck all else to do on Tatooine except observe the fact that they travel in single file to hide their numbers. Yeah. But yeah, because like Mos Eisley is one of the most interesting things in the whole of Star Wars. Like literally, like that is yeah. <laughs> that is so true. And uh, it would be super cool to see him dealing with all of the different types of scum and villainy that that like roam through the. Like it, it's cool that that's a little hub because it, it takes you know like it, it paints Tatooine as a, a place that is a, a magnet for all types of people yeah. and things and well that that's why though that statement that you just made that that Tatooine is the uh, not Tatooine but Mos Eisley is the, one of the most interesting things in all of Star Wars is probably the best indication that the original trilogy should have been the only Star Wars movies ever made yeah. 
because once you start explaining things and exploring, like, why is Mos Eisley interesting? Because all we know about it is that it is a wretched sky hive of scum and villainy. That's it. That's all we know about it. We know that there's a spaceport there, that it's probably the biggest spaceport on, on Tatooine, maybe. We know that there's a bar that doesn't let droids in, uh, even though they have a droid that serves the alcohol. Um, and we know that, uh, you know, Obi-Wan cut off a dude's arm there. We know it's under Imperial control. But, like, really when it comes down to it, we don't know a lot about it. And that's why it's interesting, right? That's why Boba Fett was interesting, because we didn't know a lot about him. Right? Well, I think if you explore stuff in a meaningful, meaningful way, you know, you do end up... Like, I, I mean, the, the Marvel movies are so good. Like, I didn't give a fuck about Ant-Man, right? Yeah. But when... That that scene in Ant Man when he returns and he sees yeah. his daughter for the first time and she's seventeen or, or what, she's gone from like seven to uh, no wait ten to fifteen or twelve to seventeen or yeah. whatever the age difference would be in that five years like oh, in Endgame yeah yeah in Endgame like that's a, I cried at that like that's an emo like he see like in his emotion in that scene to see his daughter because he thinks she's dead like and. Like that's an emo- like I only get that because you give a fuck about that character yeah. that you didn't previously give a fuck about because they've explored that character in such a way that makes you care. Dude. Like Star Wars can be given, you can do that for Star Wars, and yeah. they are doing it with you know now Mandalorian and, and other stuff like Rogue One. On film, they had seven attempts. Yeah. To do that, and they only nailed one of them. Yeah. My my only ever interaction with the character of Wonder Woman was when they took the piss out of her in Family Guy, and then I watched the movie <laughs> in the cinema and I fucking like I cried at that scene where she walks through no man's land in yeah oh that scene's oh beautiful oh my god it's fucking amazing it's like one of the scenes of the and the decade. new trailer's awesome too yeah I'm super hyped for that movie but like I don't know again the Marvel movies and even Ant-Man Ant-Man had excellent stories written about him in comics like mm. now that move that moment from Endgame that you're talking about that wasn't there but that's because they like built that universe up and it's like he yeah. is a comic support character who is his movies are funny they're comedy movies with a bit of action you know whatever and suddenly he's given this moment of weight and gravity to deal with yeah, and it's yeah, like yeah. yeah you feel for it but that's it's been constructed that yeah. way right like you know, and I just don't feel like that's been successfully done in Star Wars yet. Will it? Hopefully. Are we going to get more Star Wars movies regardless? Yeah, we are. You know, <laughs> like the, yeah. and that's the the reality of it is we are going to get more Star Wars. Will it be good? Will Disney learn from you know mistakes that they made with the entire you know uh, post uh, original trilogy? Like, what what are we calling this now? We have the prequels, we have the the originals, and what are these? The sequels. The Disneyfication the, of Star the Wars. Disneyfication. The yeah. <laughs> the I like the name. Trickles. I'm I'm okay with the prequels. Mm. Yeah. I don't know the the Ray trilogy. Like, uh, is it really Ray's trilogy? She didn't really get confirmed as the main character until the third movie. The Kylology. Like, the Kylology. Wow. Yeah. Mm. The. Yeah. I think phenology works better, but he's definitely not the reason why anyone watches these movies. It would make it even funnier to call it that. <laughs> <laughs> the snow college. Oh. <laughs> Jesus, when, us... when, like when you see him in that vat, like that's the one of the like it made. Like I, I think at that point I was just like, these, this is gonna be dumb. I don't <laughs> yeah, like I that. know. No, I knew it was gonna be dumb when it said the dead speak exclamation. Yeah. 
I don't know. The, if you go back and read the title crawls for any of the movies, they're all pretty bad. Yeah, I remember the last Jedi one. You could you could take it out and put it over the Empire Strikes Back, and it's the same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're they're just they're the title crawls are are kind of dumb. And I'm wondering if new Star Wars movies that aren't connected to the Skywalker saga are even going to happen. No, they'll do away with like, them. And, and I bet they'll, you, they'll I bet with. you they are a pain in the bollocks to write as well. Yeah. Like, I bet nobody there, enjoys them. There is, like, a an extra, extra kind yeah. of, like, sort of vibe to all <laughs> there of is, them. There is, yeah. They're, like, newspaper heading. It's like, it, it just seems like a, a I don't know. You know, last time on Star Wars, this happened. You've missed this. <laughs> yeah. Younglings like, slaughtered by Jedi Master. Yeah. The the it works in in A New Hope because it gives context to a new thing mm. that nobody had ever seen before, and it works in Last Jedi because not in Last Jedi in uh, Empire Strikes Back because they are yeah, um, there are so many yeah, years in between the both time, of them. Yeah. Right. And then kind of the same thing between that and Return of the Jedi and, like, what's happening with, uh... I, I don't even know. I think Return of the Jedi's title crawl is more of a last time on Star Wars, whereas the one between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back is like, look, some shit has happened. Mm. Here's where we're at. Right? And I think that's the more appropriate use of it, but it never got used like that ever again. Yeah. So. Yeah. I well, know. I think we should call it a show, fellas. We should. It was a show. We, uh... Did it have a plot, though? So, I mean, you know. No, I think it was a mess of randomly collected ideas and <laughs> tangential statements that didn't really produce it, but it was fun. There is, there is yeah. one thing I would like to say, and that is when other people talk shit about J.J. Abrams, I always defend him, and I generally like his movies, and if he has a movie that's out, like, I'll, I'll, I'll generally go see it, so... Um, all of my frustrations with this movie are just uh, as a result of his greatest flaws all being exposed in the greatest possible way in this movie, and that's just what happened. So, I have a feeling with the way that Disney was handling the property that that would have happened regardless of which director took the reins, and that's why so many big-name directors didn't want to touch Star Probably, Wars. Probably, yeah. Because they knew that was going to happen, yeah. and that's fair, you know? But we'll see what happens. At the end of the day, the three of us are massive Star Wars fans. We're nerds uh, about this stuff, and we care. And I think, like, regardless of which movies individually we like or dislike, or which trilogies we're fans of or, or not fans of, um, you know, we can all agree that like Star Wars is supposed to be about hope. It's supposed to, you know, like bring kind of like groups of uh, the idea of like bringing groups of people together um, say <laughs> for, like, for like a cause right and like it doesn't even have to have, be about the force I don't think right but like I, I think there is still hope for, for for Star Wars and like we're seeing that in, in bits and pieces but like things like Mandalorian and Rogue One are the rebellion now you know <laughs> and Disney is the empire <laughs> wow that's actually you you do such good meta-analysis of like it's yeah no that's that's very good also i would have loved it if you just kept berating us when you were like we're all star wars fans we're all nerds the three <laughs> of us we are all virgins we all live in our mother's basements we we i, I don't know we're gonna end this podcast now not to go to sleep but to play a D D campaign that i wrote yeah. <laughs> 
like yeah like i yeah you you joke but i have literally nearly 2000 hours on age of empires 2 so i don't know if i'm any better i'm going to play dnd next week oh okay cool so we are all actually virgins which is super interesting yeah um <laughs> all right well um yeah i don't know thanks for being here and thanks to the listeners for doing all of the listening and we will see you a long time from now in a galaxy very very close because it will be this one because space travel has not been invented well no, uh, never mind all right it's over fuck off <laughs> we're done wow you nailed the outro thank you thank you i was practicing very hard yeah space travel hasn't been no <laughs> man it's so hard like I, i've been so ill for i've been ill for like two weeks basically and it won't go away and it's like i can i can like feel myself searching for words that i know that i know but i'm just so fucking tired and worn down that i can't pull them towards me and it's like oh it's so annoying it's so frustrating being run down like you can never i don't know you appreciate being well so much more and that's yeah. my story